I, I swallowed the slide whistle. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. And it's Thursday, April 26, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 403. This is No Agenda. Enjoying my sustainable slavery here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the Drone Star State, Austin Tejas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it's raining, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackbottom Moosekill in the morning. All right, man. What happened with the war on chicken, dude? What about it? It turned into the war on the mad cow. Well, the chicken thing wasn't working out. This is, a, this is a big... I'm like, what? How can that... They, they, they can't be, like, doing that. It was the war on chicken. Now the war on chicken will return. They've been busted. Oh, I mean, yeah. You finally got a clue. It was just all PETA. They're always <laughs> bitching about everything. I actually think I found out what that was about. Okay. The war on chicken. Um well, well, you might as well play the theme because it might be the last time we get to play it. That's right. Let's uh, let's do that right now. The war on chicken. I've become so overly sensitive to uh, to these PR moves now that everything I see is like, oh, that's got to be a PR move. I got to go check it out. <laughs> and so here's what I came up on this one. So this, uh, so for those of you who didn't know, uh, and you, it, it probably was worldwide news. Oh, we've got a mad cow's disease in America. And uh, it's a mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, no, mad cow. And they, and they show the crazy cow with a, chewing with his tongue out the side of his face, <laughs> which is uh, the international symbol for mad cow. <laughs> right? And, uh, and it's like, oh, this is horrible. And this uh, cow was discovered at Baker Commodities. And Baker Commodities uh, doesn't uh, take doesn't make cow meat for human consumption. If you look at BakerCommodities.com, they make they take basically dead animals who are all you know already dead, and they process them into biodiesel leather jackets. It's literally on their website. They've got a little flower sticking out of a petrol tank. That's your that's your bio, that's your dead cow biodiesel. They've got hides and you see some leather jackets, yellow grease, which is. Uh, is that some kind of cooking oil, I guess? Tallow. It's not used for cooking. No, no. There's tallow, but they also have yellow grease. What's yellow grease? What is yellow I don't grease? know. I don't, I don't like the sounds <laughs> of it. It's like pink slime. It's yellow uh, you, grease. Well, they got a whole... Hey, give me some more of that. Yeah, hey, we need more <laughs> yellow grease on the griddle. Well, here it is. Pancakes. Pancakes. <laughs> uh, yellow grease is the product produced from the recycling of used cooking oil. It is utilized as a high-energy feed additive. Or you oh, see okay. a bunch of very happy chickens in the picture. Anyway, so this has nothing to do with the, with the human uh, food chain, apparently, as they say. And th- things happen really, really quickly. So first it was like, oh, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow. Show the picture of mad cow. And then uh, it's like, oh, don't worry about it. It, it, it had uh, bovine disease inherent. It happens. Don't worry about it. Then hold on a second. Maybe you could do a cartoon voice. That <laughs> bit you do with the blah, 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 blah is actually it's good. quite it's good. amusing, yeah. very cartoonish. Okay. Well, I'll start auditioning for that. Okay. Looking at our production uh, numbers today, I might have to. Yes, we're below the, below yeah. the minimum. Um, but then uh, here's what caught my eye, and I'm, and I'm uh, aware of this. South Korea then says, oh, we're no more meat from America. And we know from Uncle Don that the, the beef import thing in South Korea is a big deal. 
right? It's a huge. Um, just they're, they're very proud that they grow their own beef and eat their their own beef. Right. And it's a high quality product, and it's, they it's a big deal. are very reluctant to get involved in the world trade of carcasses, right? Of dead things. So they so they uh, two big supermarkets said, "Oh, no more American beef. We don't trust it." And literally twenty four hours, maybe thirty hours later. Oh, it's okay. We're back on. We're good with the beef from America. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> so, so I go searching so who around. Was pulling strings on that one. Yeah, someone must have been. And then I read, you know, in all these, uh, I'm, I'm not really good at the charts. I'm going to ask you to take a look at this. Um, I read, you know, like analyses of this and some, pe- some people saying, oh, this is not a food uh, health and safety issue. This is a political financial issue. I'm like, okay. Because South Korea pulls a lot of weight with the cattle futures. And here is the, uh, the report I get from Bloomberg. And, and maybe I'm misunderstanding what's written here. Cattle futures rebounded from a nine-month low as countries from Canada to Japan said they will continue to import American beef after the U.S. reported its first case of mad cow disease in six years. So apparently, this, and, and if you look at the chart... We we see that the cattle futures were down, and I guess it, if you were to manipulate these markets, which and there's a lot of uh, high frequency trading in uh, cattle futures as well. Yeah, what I understand, not sure of that. Oh, well, I see it everywhere. That there's no, lot. Oh, there's a lot. Yeah. Beside the point. Okay, so I, I could be wrong on this, but is it possible that these? And you see so much volume, like a lot of volume, just before yeah, the, the beginning to of the April. The question you haven't asked yet is yes. It was manipulated. I'm reminded of a, a couple of, over the last uh, couple of days. PBS has been playing all these great uh, stories, two part, like four hours of the of the bankers crash and a special on the 29th stock market crash. And there, there was a clip which is kind of relates to this in an odd way about how the market was manipulated in the 20s. Uh huh. And I've got this 1920 stock market game clip. And the, the very first of the clip I, I missed, but it, it, the guy said, he's talking about the reporters that worked for all the major newspapers and how they were bribed into writing stories to get this, the, the, to play the game, but play the clip. The financial journals who undertake. This includes reports for the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, the Herald Tribune, uh, you name it. So uh, if you were a, um, uh, a pool operator, you'd call your friend at the Times and say, look, uh, Charlie, there's an envelope waiting for you here, and we think that uh, perhaps um, you should write something nice about RCA. And Charlie would write something nice about RCA. Publicity man called A. Newton Plummer had canceled checks from practically every major journalist in New York City. Then they would begin to what was called painting the tape, and they would make the stock look exciting. They would trade among themselves, and you'd see these big prints in RCA, and people will say, oh, it looks as though that stock is being accumulated. Now, if they are behind it, you want to join them. So uh, you go out and you buy stock also. Now, what's happening is the stock goes from 10 to 15 to 20, and now it's at 20, and you start buying. Other people start buying, 30, 40. The original group, the pool, they stop buying. They're selling you the stock. Now 50, and they're out of it. And what happens, of course, is the stock collapses. So the only thing that we're doing wrong in our analysis, because I, I, so you agree with me that this was a total market manipulation. There's a whole bunch of, you can see on the volume of the cattle futures, uh, just about mid-March, just about the last week of March, all of a sudden volume is up by, you know, four times the volume it's been since December. We, what we do wrong is we catch it right after they do it. 
Well, that's what the problem is. That's <laughs> you have to actually literally uh, be, be in on the game. The inside of it, you got to be in the, the game. You got to be in the We're game. We're not on the inside of it. It's very hard to pick these things. This is the problem with amateur stock market people. And I put <laughs> like us in that category. <laughs> yeah, like us. I, otherwise, I, we wouldn't be doing. <laughs> we the wouldn't show. be doing the show. No, I wouldn't be talking to you. Nothing like that. No, we'd be in Paris. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, having a nice meal. Yeah, exactly. So anyway. Um, is you can't you, you the, the guys who who do this who pull the stunts uh, unless you're part of the unless you're in with them you you just never you it's always oh I just missed oh geez I just missed that one it's just everything you just miss it and uh, if you try to play the game you'll usually get burned yeah you usually yeah you get screwed who I because want- you're the, the the idea is that you will get into I mean like they said they they the guys who promote the thing as as it goes up they're the ones who are selling it. I mean right. this is Yeah, of course, that's what it is, right? You're selling it on uh, on sell on the news. Yeah, sell on yeah, selling good news by, or, by and uh, was on bad news. So, let me just see who's who maybe there's someone in this company or someone that we would recognize cuz someone had to be on the inside at Baker Commodities. Well, what I would do, you know, most of these companies have PR agencies. Mm. And nowadays, all the PR agencies are pretty much uh, one, two, two major companies. And they're all just all owned. It's just a, a conflict of interest written all over. One of these days, I'll, in, in an upcoming newsletter, yeah, we should uh, do that. I'll uh, discuss this in more detail. Yeah, I, ha- I have another one that, that I want to talk about. But first, let's thank uh, our one executive producer for the day. And by the way, we would have had none. This executive producer came in at the last minute, and the only reason I, I let him go past the midnight deadline is because it's his birthday, and uh, today. But he came in late, but so we would have had zero for executive producers uh, for this show because people have either uh, given up on us, interest in the show, or the last show we did sucked, or they were. Uh, that's you know, possible. Uh, that's no possible. That's I mean, possible. you could you could blame the tax thing, but I think the tax thing should. End. No, no, I'll go for last show sucked. Okay, last show sucked. Last show sucked. We'll just assume it would sucked, and that was that. Um, and that's Alan Thompson, who's in New Carrollton, Maryland, three thirty three thirty three. He's donating today to celebrate his birthday, which is today. Uh, with this donation, he's donate over a thousand dollars. Please see the accounting below to complete my knighthood. Please call me out all non call out out all non donors as douchebags. Douchebag. And then he'll take some karma. Of course, and we're happy to give that to you. Thank you for being our executive You've producer. Got karma. The sole executive producer. I also have no PR mentions. So um, there we go. Uh, we we've hit we've hit peak podcasting. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> yeah, peak, yeah, just like peak oil. Yeah, peak podcasting. We're over the edge, and it's all downhill from here on out. Well, well it's all right because I already did the work, so we might as well uh, tell everyone what we've been working on. But uh, if you would like to support us, and uh, actually, I will take a moment here. Um, we've been working on the Hot Pockets 2009 tour, and of course, no one has been able to come up with a trailer that we can tow to uh, to do our tour. And the the only other and now an RV yeah, maybe none of our listeners have trailers. This is possible now. And a um, it's a weird group of people that have trailers and probably they don't listen to our show. <laughs> is that they're even weirder than the RVers? Um, yeah, I guess. So so an we did R- have a couple RV offers over you know when we did right. But so you so renting an RV is uh, is out of the question. Renting a trailer is about a hundred bucks a day. 
Um, and of course, you know, I'm, there's still Mustang Sally, which is already in the kitty, so to speak. You know, we already have the Dodge Ram 2002 uh, with the new tires. So that'll be able to do the job. But if we want, you know, if we want to do two or three weeks, so, you know, we need an additional two, three thousand dollars that would have to be donated in order to do the tour. I mean, we could do it that way if we don't want to wait, you know, to see if someone has some rickety thing we could. Well, let's give it a couple more weeks. Okay, All right. Uh, At any rate, I do want to thank Scott uh, Morgan, uh, producer here, uh, local in Austin who is going to uh, do a fundraising barbecue event in Austin. A fundraising barbecue event? Yeah, yeah, for the Hot Pockets tour. Oh, good. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. So uh, we're going to figure out when to do that. And, of course, if you like what you hear, if you like uh, the uh, deconstruction of the news, if you like hearing uh, that uh, all that bull crap about mad cow disease turns out to be a big scam that neither none of us were in on, <laughs> no, otherwise we wouldn't be moaning. But at least when you're at the cocktail party or the office uh, water cooler, you can sound a lot smarter by saying, uh, excuse me, that was market manipulation, and here's how it works. And you can go and you can print out the chart and you can hold it up, and people will go, wow, you're smart. You should have a raise. Yeah, give, him a, give the man a raise. Yeah, exactly. Then please go to... Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. Of course, we're always looking for people to go out there and propagate our formula. It's extremely simple. Here it is. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. So while we're on it, let me uh, let me roll out another one. This is now. Now I learned this from you. On the last show, you did an excellent job of catching the. Uh, was it the last show, uh, or the sh- when was the war on chicken? Was that the last show or the show before? The war on chicken began two shows ago. Right, but on the last show, you actually deconstructed the whole thing, or was that anyway? There's actually a YouTube video, uh, which, uh, which on the war on chicken. Yeah, yeah, I tweeted it. It's really good. That's uh, Arsonomics. He puts together YouTube videos of little bits of the show. And he goes oh, to the okay. websites. And so we showed all the websites with the dizzying sped up uh, production. Oh, right. It was last show. I think that I had the dizzying. Exactly. Exactly. So I found a, uh, so I came dizzying. Ac- dizzying. Exactly. So I came across a new one. I have not, I, I, I have not yet found the origin of it. So I may need your help in that. I'm sure our producers can uh, get into it. Um, I'll play the ABC News report, and you can Google the uh, all the keywords, and you'll see that this is exactly the same idea. There's a number of words in here. Uh, look for words: disturbing trend, <laughs> <laughs> disturbing trend. Actually, it's disturbing trend among teens. Yeah, you got to have it's got to be long enough to really bring it home that it's all cut and paste. Yeah, disturbing trend among teens and. Foam. Morning to parents. There is a disturbing new trend among teens. They're using hand sanitizer to get drunk. Doctors are so worried they called an emergency news conference in Los Angeles. ABC's Paula Ferris has the details. This is supposed to clean up our lives. But it's becoming a dirty and dangerous little household secret. And it's sending teens to the hospital. Kids getting hammered off hand sanitizers. <laughs> I like that. It's good alliteration. Kids getting hammered off of hand sanitizer. Yeah. They're separating the alcohol through a distillation process. 
and creating a potent punch that's like slamming a shot of the hardest liquor. Yeah. Simply taking table salt, mixing it with the hand gels, and subsequently then putting it in a filter. And the liquid that's produced is a very high content alcohol. And just yesterday, an emergency press conference at L.A.'s Children's Hospital was called after nearly a dozen area teenagers wound up in ERs with alcohol poisoning. We have patients coming into the emergency department with these kinds of signs and symptoms, slurred speech, lack of balance, changes in their mental state. If kids don't realize how concentrated it is and take a large quantity of it, take a few shots, certainly kids can die from this. Parents, be cautious when not using the gel. Make sure you place it out of reach, or you can consider using a foam sanitizer because it's much harder to distill. Okay. So uh, I go in and uh, into the Googles, and I use a disturbing teen trend. Uh, let me see. We have 64,000 results. <laughs> Uh, and it's all, uh, it's all the same thing. It's disturbing trend among teens, dangerous new trend for teens, uh, dangerous teen trends, getting drunk, use foam, use foam, use foam, use foam. Here's another example. So it's obviously, so we would deconstruct this. I'm going to just jump ahead and tell me where I'm wrong. You're going to deconstruct this to show that this is actually a promotion for some foam company that makes the foam version of these sanitizers. Yeah, and because parents are the ones who get or or, this is no kids don't watch these news stories. No, of course they're too busy getting hammered on hand sanitizer. They got no time for that. So the parents will be watching it and they'll say, "Well, my who knows? Maybe little Sally is is getting wasted on the hand sanitizer." Let's buy buy the foam kind from now on. Here's the CNN report that's a lot shorter. Concerned this noon about teens drinking the alcohol from hand sanitizer in order to get drunk. A half a dozen teenagers in Southern California had to be taken to emergency rooms in the past few months for alcohol poisoning. Many liquid hand sanitizers are about 62% alcohol, which makes a 120 proof drink. Experts say parents should buy foam hand sanitizer because it's... She can't even... Foam hand sanitizer. So the only company... There's, so I looked at Purell because they do have a foam ha- hand sanitizer. They're not promoting it on their website, so I don't think that's the one. Walmart does appear to have a big push towards foam sanitizer. Ah. So I'm thinking this is a Walmart. I can't find the original press release, though, but it did. Uh, and this is the real tip off. It's not like the hospital all of a sudden said, oh, we've got to call a press conference about this. No, uh, this was the University of California in San Francisco who uh, have a division. Uh, Let me just get the name of the division because it was quoted everywhere as well. Uh, And they did some research. So, you know, they're probably getting their research funded by Johnson & Johnson or Walmart or whoever it is. Um, They could be working together, too. They could be working together. But it's so obvious that this is, you know, no kid has died. You know, yeah. Do kids come in confused? And, and by the way, I really wonder how, how many kids have ever. I mean, who's going to do it? It's it's humiliating if you can't if, if you're you can't a kid afford that's such a loser. You can't find some older kid to go buy you some beer. Yeah, the hell kind of a kid are you? And they actually show a YouTube video with a kid squirting the hand sanitizer right into his mouth. You know that's a joke. It's like you know that some douchebag just like, hey, watch this. I'll get on TV. It's, it's the completely nuts. Hey, in the morning to you, by the way, John. Well, in the morning to you, Adam Curran. In the morning to all ships at sea. 
and boots on the ground and feet in the air. And to our uh, human resources in the chat room, all lined up, charged up, ready to go at noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Thanks to Mr. Oil and Gitmo Slave. We've got four rocking streams now. Uh, so uh, you know, we should be uh, good to go for a while. Yeah, this the, just uh, piggybacking on that. This the whole idea of showing YouTube videos as proof <laughs> of something. It's it's really it's really annoying. It's getting worse. Yeah. So here's um, this is about Syria, and I, I I have a a lot of thoughts about Syria. Of course, you know, now that we have the so-called U.N. monitors, which apparently looking at the only video that's available, which is YouTube video, is two Land Rovers with big U.N. letters on the back. That's all we see. Just drive. Well, I saw one guy with a with a blue beret. Oh, OK. Well, I didn't see that. around some nondescript area. Some set. <laughs> it's just stock footage. Yeah, no, it's all B-roll. So, it's a, you know, so we, we can have U.N. monitors in Syria, but apparently we can't have any journalists there. No, no one is there to document it. So you have this shill, this incredible douchebag. What's her name? Uh, I'll, I'll, you'll recognize her voice. She's the one that, um, that is, was roaming around Gaddafi's um, RV. <laughs> Remember that? She did the tour of the RV. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she speaks Arabic, which is... Uh, which is her hook. And she's in Beirut, in Lebanon, where she's reporting. Of course, Lebanon is in on this whole Syria deal. And uh, she, the report, there is no fact. Just listen to this. It, it, it drives me nuts. She only has YouTube, unconfirmed sources, people from the opposition, nothing, not a single fact. And this is, this is news. Posted to YouTube late on Wednesday, appeared to show you what appeared to show monitors touring the Damascus suburb of Duma. This is an area that had been under siege, according to opposition activists, opposition activists for the last few days. It is also an area where dramatic video was posted to YouTube, dramatic video posted to YouTube on Wednesday, showing rebel fighters firing on government armor as it moves. You don't see rebel fighters. You see like some some tracers going through the air streets in this particular suburb and when it comes to a ceasefire well many will tell you that it most certainly does not exist at this stage with the many will tell you many 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 i mean i, was, I did some Death reporting people or- many many people said it doesn't exist hey it doesn't exist death toll continuing to rise hundreds being killed hundreds 100 100 200 300 900 ever since it was allegedly said to have allegedly. been implemented and allegedly. violence being reported being reported th- ah, are you killing me bitch throughout pretty much the entire country pretty much pretty much it's not it's not it's just very small pretty much pretty much and activists are saying that yes, activists are saying yes in some parts of Syria. some parts yeah it could be north could be south could be over there Syria, the government has removed its tanks from certain areas only to hide certain. them in others video posted to youtube showing that taking place in the province you see a tank behind them like a molehill <laughs> it's like they're hiding I can see they're hiding those bastards. They're hiding behind that dirt over there because I can see the big tank. Of Hama, for example. Many for example. Opposition activists and opposition analysts activists. are saying. Analysts. Oh, oh analysts. That now. even if and when the 300 monitors do eventually arrive in Syria, that is quite simply not a sufficient number to be able to truly 
monitor the entire country. Opposition activists Opposition are also activists. saying that even if there should be some sort of hypothetical end to the bloodshed, end to the government onslaught, they would be unwilling to sit down, sit down to any sort of negotiating table with the regime as long as Bashar al-Assad remains in power, which makes any sort of political transition at this stage highly unrealistic. So the only thing she did well in that was the pronunciation of Assad's name. That's the only thing that was good. That she can do. Wow, what was this on? CNN. This is oh, their ma- CNN has just gone down the tubes. But this is their main correspondent. This is a vague report with no real substantiation <laughs> for anything. No, and no specifics at all. But it's all YouTube videos and alleged in some parts and could be over here, could be over there. You know, it's like the opposition says, he said, well, she there's said. There's plenty of people. There's plenty of journalists over there. Plenty. We've talked about this in show after show, and you can find them. They're on. They many of them. They're on French TV. They work for Art Russia Today. They work for the Swedish group. They no, I thought they all, all got the killed. All and the, they all, the all are saying the same thing. This is bullcrap. <laughs> but they're not. That those reports are no good. No, of course it's not good, and I'll tell you why. This has, they're trying to escalate this, and uh, France, the foreign minister of France, has already called for action within the next two weeks. Gee, why would that be? Let me think. What's going on in France? Hmm. Oh. Elections? Elections, perhaps? They're, they're trying, so he is calling for immediate action. We have to go and and go in there. You know, of course, we have all kinds of bombs exploding, allegedly seen on YouTube. And we don't really know because no one has any factual reporting. It's just all here. Here's here's the smoke plume on YouTube. Sixty four people killed. They want to keep Sarkozy in. They're so afraid that he's not going to make the cut, which is a very likely possibility. And by the way, say hello to the new boss, same as the old boss. Hollande, the first thing he wants to do is renegotiate the fiscal compact with the European Union for growth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that they are that they're willing to actually go and kill people. They're they're willing to do it because, of course, you know if you if you're in the middle of a war and you've got stuff happening, yeah, you don't want to. You know, at that point, you don't actually want to. You know kick anybody out because that would be bad and he can shill on that it's just it's disgusting so not only is the news media helping presidents get elected but they're selling you bogus foam sanitizer it's two ends of the spectrum that's it i'm done good night everybody okay so long see you again next week <laughs> all right be here all the week well while we're talking about the bogus reporting we have to point out i had a couple of clips i might as well bring out early which is whip it uh, out, Johnny boy. The the BBC, which you'd think would be a good news organization, is, is actually full of crap. Hmm. <laughs> which one? The first one? I got two of them here. I got two. Clips. Oh, one is one full of, of crap and one is full of shit. So I'm not sure which one to I, I play. Go with let's go with the full of shit first. Well, one of those great chefs, Marco Pierre White, has a starring role in the summit, and he joins me now in our Singapore studios. Mr. White, thank you so much for joining us. You've been uh, dubbed uh, a celebrity chef, a restaurateur, television personality, even the godfather of uh, modern cooking. Do you like to be called all of these titles? I don't care about it. (laughs) I'm not that bothered, really. You just like to be called a cook, a chef. That's what I am. But tell us, uh, Mr. White, how did it all start? Uh, When did you get this inclination 
to become a chef. When I cooked an egg on my head. Now, first of all, I never heard of this guy. And you know, you're a foodie. You know these. You know this well, stuff. Well, then I realized I have heard of him. He was the replacement for Ramsay in Hell's Kitchen. He's he's, he's like a Ramsay clone, oh, even he's, though he's he claims actor. to be Ramsay's uh, mentor. He's an actor. <laughs> he is an actor, and. Uh, and so I started looking up some of his stuff. Is this this the the, the Godfather of modern cooking is such? It just made me laugh out loud. That comes right from his Wikipedia page that has been so oh, carefully yeah. massaged. That's <laughs> based on a, on another uh, article that was just essentially. It's one of these Ask Men or some some weird website that just they ask you, can you give us a profile? And they your public relations people send them a bunch of crap that's bull crap, and then they, you just print it. You just print it. And then the Wikipedia picks that up and puts it in the Wikipedia, including this odd fact. The one that really got me was the youngest chef in England to win three stars from Michelin. And then the other one, which snuck in there, which was the first. He has the first restaurant. And this cropped up, I think, two or three places. The first restaurant in the U.K. that got three stars in 1995. Well, I remember going to three-star restaurant before 1995, so I had to do. I did a little research and discovered that it was actually 1982 that La Gavaroche got three stars, which is a bit before 1995. This is all bullcrap. Yeah, well, it's, and, it's and fine reporting. And then this reporting. guy, this idiot, this from Singapore, that sounds like Rico Chacon from the ABC here locally. <laughs> Who can barely? Speak. I know who that is, actually. <laughs> yeah. Guy? Yeah. Or Rico Chacon. Rico Chacon. Oh, Rico Chacon. <laughs> Rico Chacon. He was never Rico Chacon. It was always Rico Chacon. Rico, Rico Chacon. San Jose. So, uh, anyway, Rico so Chacon, uh, San Francisco, San Jose. So I can put up with, okay, well, this is a bush, bush, fluff piece for this character. So, But it's all bullcrap. So Wait a minute. But the, the, B- the BBC is running their show, I presume. I would assume so. Yeah. So here we go. The BBC is full of crap. This one is the one that was holy. Well, we, actually, JC and I are watching at the same time as he's looking this stuff up. He's saying, what? This is all bull. And let me explain what, what the, what the uh, run the clip and then I'll tell you what, what they were showing on the screen. Half a century ago, the Salton Sea was known as the French Riviera of California. But now the good times and the sea itself are drying up. Formed accidentally. <laughs> Wait a minute. I've been to Salton Sea. You, you already get it. Yeah, it's Salton Sea. It's like, it's trailer park. There's a trailer park, and there's never been more than a trailer park there. And they're showing this clip, the French Riviera of Wait, California, wait, let's play that again. That's is great. Dead sea in let the me, middle of the desert. Let me play it again. Let me play it again. A century ago, the Salton Sea was known as the French Riviera of California. But now the good times and the sea itself are drying up. Formed accidentally in the early 1900s, the area became a tourist attraction, boasting yacht clubs and all the trappings of a luxury resort. But as salt levels rose, the wildlife died. And now the price tag to save the sea is deemed too high for the cash-strapped state. Wait a minute. Let me just say something. Miss Mickey and I, when we did our test run with the RV, remember we did a test run and we went to um, Joshua Tree, and the route we took brought us on the way back through Salton Sea. And Mickey was like, oh, look, there's a little lake. Let's go, let's go have lunch there. And we're driving through. She's like, wow, can I take pictures? I'm like, no, not only are you staying in the car, you're locking the doors. <laughs> it's a trailer park. And we had lunch, which consisted of a pizza, like a DiGiorno pizza that was heated up in a toaster oven at the local uh, shop. Indeed, everything's closed there. 
But it's yeah, not, but what it's, was there to begin with? It's never been the Riviera of California. <laughs> That's total well, crap. They're 50 years ago, which means in 1965, which is in recent memory. That, but the, the, it's always been just a shithole yeah. that people used to be, boat on. And so they show these pictures to try to get you some feeling of, this, of the river. So, so, so they have some old B-roll. Yeah. And they got one thing that was a family <laughs> at a picnic table with an old Pontiac behind them. Nothing Which is still else. there. It's still there, that Pontiac. There's nothing there. There never has been anything there. Why are they making this... This is a bullshit story of the highest order pushed out by the BBC for some political reason it has to do with, you know, fixing the salt and sea or, or washing it away or, or just closing down the area. But to make up something like this used to be the French Riviera of California, it's beyond belief that they would do this. They are a fucked up organization. Pro. John C. Dvorak, pet peeve of the day. Harsh, but I like it. I like it when you talk dirty like that, big boy. Wow. I was just, it was just galling. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, at the wiki page, see if someone, oh, yeah, you can, the someone wiki slipped page it in. It's a joke. Did someone slip in French Riviera? No, no. Not yet. No. <laughs> yeah, and, French Riviera. According to the BBC, it's the French, <laughs> French Riviera. Riviera. Someone please put that in. Could you put that in? The, you know, remember we had the wiki page for annoying and someone yeah. and someone indeed put uh, Christine Lagarde's picture full page. It, uh, it's still in the history. It lasted about three seconds. Yeah, well, and there's the, a lot of and the wi- the wiki page. police went. Oh, you can't put annoying in there, man. Uh. Um, and I want to I want to commend you, John, uh, for a very good newsletter that you sent out. Uh, not commending you because it didn't help us in any donations. Uh, to the show, but it was a it was it was what I expected to see from you. It was um, a, a blurb, a column. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, column. Yeah, it, it was a good newsletter, and it was about the uh, potential for race riots as a part of the campaign being run by the current administration uh, in the United States of Gitmo Nation. And not two seconds, not two seconds after this thing drops into. Uh, everyone's mailbox, we get, like, Dr. Drew is going to have Rodney King on, and uh, we've got, uh, oh, my goodness, what is this? I have... Uh, yeah, it was weird. The CNN started no, you, doing... You totally I mean, called it. got the it. newsletter said, here's our story, let's go with this. I'm telling you. Here, um, this is, uh, what is this? NBC Los Angeles. They're doing something amazing. If you go to... <laughs> I can't believe that they're doing this. If you go to twitter.com slash real-time LA riots, they are, they've, they've queued up the reporting on the riots from 20 years ago with today's timeline, and they're tweeting in real time as if it was 1992. Mm. Are you with me? So yeah, if you, that's interesting. So if you go to real-time LA riots right now on Twitter, uh, oops. For some reason, I messed that one up. <clears throat> Let's see what they say right now. Twitter slash real time LA riots. Let's see what's happening with the riots in real time 20 years ago. We can, we're up to speed thanks to NBC Los Angeles. Oh, it's taking a second here. Uh, officers should be entitled to use sufficient force to subdue a criminal or protect his own life. Four women said, Report via L.A. Times. 
total deliberation time so far, 12 hours. You know, they're counting it down to the riots on Twitter. And then we've got uh, Dr. Drew, who brought out, of all people, Marsha Clark. Oh, God. The uh, attorney for um, O.J. Simpson, the prosecutor against O.J. Simpson, who has... Now, I don't know. I, I, this is what she does. You know, she's she's written a book, and she, everyone's promoting a book. Rodney King's promoting a book. I mean, that's why he was on. Rodney King's book is uh, what is it called? The Riot Within: My Journey from Rebellion to Redemption. Here's just a little piece to show you how Dr. Drew just combines this with the Trayvon Martin ca- case. This footage of myself and Rodney King at the site today where he was beaten in 1992. Officers from Los Angeles Police Department were acquitted of that beating. Rodney King, the outrage over the controversial verdict sparked days of civil unrest throughout Los Angeles. I recently asked King if he felt a kinship with Trayvon Martin. Oh, yeah, African- of course. Why wouldn't we do that? American male whose tragic plight has, of course, triggered outrage. You might I have turn been in Trayvon's shoes many times. Tell me, and uh, and I've I've been in Trayvon's shoes when I was young. Uh, this is not good at that age, and I have it's it's scary being black and growing up th- these days. When when I was young, and these you know, days, I was so- it's scary growing up these days. Not even scary being black. It's scary being a white girl in Los Angeles. It's scary being the parent of a white girl in Los Angeles. Where by myself, it was scary. I had to. It was a different different feeling for me. It's like survival. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, you watch your back. But uh, it's it's hard to explain it. But it, it, it was it's a different feeling being black and growing up and being black and being by yourself. Now, this is very interesting because the conversation is being taken in a in a very in a, in a particular direction. And he'll come back to that with Marsha Clark and growing up in the world is also uh, it's another ball game. Is it better now? It's definitely better. Okay. It's definitely things are definitely better, and good thing that yeah, because we got food stamps now and on the credit card. It's much better than it used to be. You know, this is America because things are always get uh, will always be getting better. You know, just based on our history and how our country was built, if things will things are definitely like not like they used to be, um, and laws and things it's a slow process but i think rodney king is actually pretty good in all this i mean he's 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 being a positive guy and i like that but then drew will bring it right back down with marcia clark we have came a long ways and we got to give ourselves credit for that you know i thought that was rather profound what rodney was saying there and yet he is taking grief for being compared a comparison that he doesn't make being compared to trayvon martin yeah, you know, some. No, you made the comparison, Drew. People have said that he has compared himself to Trayvon Martin in, in some just, of these statements. Here he just said, I've been in his shoes when I was younger. That's right. So which is a very I, distinct I totally, thing. I agree yeah. with you. It yeah. really is a distinct thing. Yeah. He's not saying, my, that night that I was beaten, I was doing the same thing as Trayvon Martin. He's yes. not saying that. No, but you're making that convenient combination for us. Yeah. And what he is saying is unarguable. You can't argue with that. Growing up black in the United States is a different experience than growing up white. Now, th- I have an issue with this. <laughs> I have well, a. Like, re- how would she know one way or the other? Yeah. So here's two white people talking about something, and you—it's a fact. You can't argue. Well, it's a fact. Growing, there's many, many different s- scenarios growing up in America. I'm telling well, not you. If you're trying to set up race riots in the country, Ixnay on the uh, ace riot ace, whatever's a. Don't talk about that. My daughter is 21 years old, a white woman in Los Angeles. She gets harassed continuously continuously touched, groped. You know, it's not easy growing up. Any, It's not easy growing up. 
period. But why do we have to single this out? I mean, what is, what is the point? Well, we got to get Obama reelected. Well, so here's the is here's the big issue I have, and I, I, had an, I actually had an argument with uh, with Ms. Mickey the other day. Our argument's a big Ooh, an word. argument. Yeah, it's, it's a big <laughs> word. We were having a conversation. We had some friends over for dinner, and and she said, you know, well, you know, and whenever I bring out the what I think is historical fact, she immediately goes, oh shoot, you know, uh, she's awesome at that. She's like, um, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. But America gets this big, ugly stamp as we are the the racist, the KKK, we're the horrible people, our history. I mean, it was the Dutch who transported the slaves. They bought them, and they stole them, and sold them. And today we have over a quarter of the population discriminates women by making them walk behind them and cutting their genitalia. It's like... Why do we have as Americans this incredible stamp of horrible racists? <laughs> this is worldwide people. Yeah, well, you know, you guys had the slaves. You know, the, what? It was, there's, although I'll say, if someone said to me, you have a horrible slave um, issue right now because you have um, a majority of black people in prison working for three cents an hour, making billions of dollars worth of products to say, okay, I agree with you on that one, but stop already with the slavery. Stop already. Let he who lives in the glass house cast the first stone. So what was the argument about? That America is not the worst country in the world when it comes to slavery or, or discrimination of what one would think would be God-given rights, often confused with human rights. No, except for the prisons. The prison system, I, I'm, I'm all down with that. So this is clearly trying to, to build something it's trying up. To inci- this is inciting a riot. a riot. This is inciting a riot. We're, we are on <sighs> our way to inciting riots by bringing this stuff up. And, it's, and, it, and where are the, you know, all the left-wingers who made such a fuss about women not being included in the conversation in Congress when it was all men talking about birth control, when, we're t- when we have all whites talking about racism? You know, without, I mean, it was Marsha Clark and this uh, Dr. Dr. Drew Drew yakking with each other and both asking leading questions of Rodney King, who's kind of a naive fellow, you know, minimally. And so he could be easily led down the primrose path to saying what you want him to say. It's just, yeah, but that's CNN. There was some other stuff on CNN. Somebody sent us some e- mails talking about how they're bringing... Dude, CNN is, is... Well, they're doing a whole special. Uh, the, the, and I think NBC is doing a special. Rodney King is making the rounds. I mean, he's he's just going everywhere. And he's like, yeah, I got a book, you know. Yeah, he's got an... He, some agent came up to him. Said, hey. Probably part of the scheme. I mean, why not the 25th anniversary? Why does it have to be the 20th anniversary? Because it better matches what's what's going on. We're pre-election. So how about in this August? All, this is all. This is. I would take this right back to Axelrod. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Hitler, you mean? He looks like Hitler, doesn't he? Don't you think he's well, a son of Hitler? Gained some weight. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think he looks like a son of so Hitler? Somewhere between John Hodgman and Hitler. If you draw a little Hitler mustache on Axelrod, he's Hitler. Think about it. Well, I'm just saying. Hitler-esque. I'm just character. saying. Yeah. Yeah. He stammers in a funny kind of staccato way that makes you kind of have to listen to specific little phraseologies that he inserts. So let, let, me, make, let me make a prediction here. So uh, on the, uh, the 29th of April, that's when we have the culmination 
of the 20th anniversary. We should have a big celebration. We should do a concert uh, for the, the 20th anniversary of the Rodney King L.A. riots. Now, um, 1965, August 11th, we had the Watts riots. Now, that would coincide nicely, I think, with the verdict in the Zimmerman Trayvon Martin case. Don't right, you think? and we know the way this go. Well, if they're going to play the same fractal script, mm-hmm. which is what I imply in that newsletter, yeah, um, Zimmerman has to get off. Oh, of course he does. No, this is obvious. So he's this found not obvious. guilty, and then all hell, hell breaks, breaks loose. loose. And then all these news networks get to yak about their, they get to analyze this to death with all kinds of hand wringing and, oh, my God, what about Obama? And Obama gets slipped in. Just got Axelrod written all over it. (sighs) By the way, uh, Obama went off script. Or let me just say it this way. They're trying a new script. Uh, He came out with a a video, uh, which was not one of his regular... um, not one of his regular uh, show things, not like the, the, the weekly address. And it was a video with Arabic subtitles, and it was directed specifically at the people of Sudan. He had a message for the people of Sudan. In recent weeks, rising violence and fighting have taken the lives of innocent civilians, men, women, and children. Heated rhetoric on both sides has raised the risk of war. So today I want to speak directly to you the people of Sudan, and South Sudan. In your lives, you've endured extraordinary hardship. You carry in your hearts the memory of family and friends you've lost. But in recent years, against great odds, you've made remarkable progress toward breaking the violent cycles of the past, toward building a future of peace and greater prosperity. Now all that progress is at risk of unraveling. So my message to you today is simple. It doesn't have to be this way. The future belongs to you. It is in your hands. You have the power, the choice, to say what comes next, whether your children will live in war or peace. The choice is yours, and now is the time to choose peace. As I've said before, those who have the courage to walk the path of peace will not be alone. You will have a strong and steady partner in the United States of America. So this is something new. Um, of course, we have slaughter going on. We have, uh, uh, we have Sudan uh, killing the people who live in the caves, who obviously have Internet and are watching this. And, um, <laughs> and they live uh, right there on the pipeline, which is what's being blown up. It's all a part of kicking the Chiners out. And this comes in uh, concerto with um, a United Nations Security Council resolution. You know, we're the boss now of the Security Council, and uh, the boss hog is Susan Rice, my favorite. And I was listening to her. They call it, uh, you know, right after they come out of the Security Council meeting, they do a little uh, stand-up in front of the microphone. And as she was talking, I heard all these acronyms, and I had to look them up. Members of the Security Council condemned in the strongest terms the attack on an African Union United Nations hybrid operation in Darfur. Hybrid operations. Like, mm-hmm. whoa, hybrid. Uh, what, what is going on? Unimid patrol. Unimid. In West Darfur on 20 April, in which four peacekeepers were wounded. Peacekeepers. One of whom 
subsequently died as a result of injuries sustained in the attack. So here's what we do. Uh, we got to start killing the peacekeepers. Let's look up this Unimid. What is Unimid and what are the peacekeepers? Unimid is the African Union United Nations hybrid operation in Darfur. Facts and figures. Let's see. 20,000 military personnel. Uh Uh-huh. 6,432 police. Peacekeepers. Peacekeepers. Oh, we've just upped it. Current as of... Oh, that was... That's authorized. But current as of March 31st, 23,447 total uniform personnel. These are not peacekeepers. This is an army. They've got an army there, and now she's bitching and moaning that someone got killed. Well, yeah, they're in a war zone. They're armed. They're not peacekeepers. They've got guns. Just because they have a blue helmet doesn't mean that they're any good. So this is... Uh, Are they UN blue helmeted UNers? Yes, they're helmeted blue and UNers. <laughs> peacekeepers. Black is white. Yes is no. Right is wrong. Peacekeepers. How about war starters? So, so they're, they're, and, and Sudan is on the list, as we know. It's on the uh, General Wesley Clark list as one of the countries to take. Right. So Sudan is being ramped up. Syria is obvious that we're, uh, it's so obvious that we're going in. Um, and, and through our proxy, which will be Turkey. Uh, they're the ones that are going to call the call for uh, uh, Rule 5 of the NATO treaty, the North Atlantic Treaty, uh, because they've been attacked in the zones that they set up. So they encroached on uh, uh, on Syria's land, and then uh, someone tossed a hand grenade. And I got, well, it blew up. You're attacking us, so now we have to go in. It'll be a no-fly zone. We'll kill everybody and drop bombs. and But not too much. We don't want to break too much infrastructure. And I, I'm telling you, Lebanon is behind this. Lebanon has a lot to do with this. I'm, I'm just not, I haven't quite figured it out yet. Mm. Yeah, there's something with Lebanon and the drugs. Um, then Obama... He's set up a new scam. He was at the Holocaust Museum talking very seriously and earnestly. And uh, so we have this new panel. And this is the one we've got to keep our eye on. This is the panel against uh, atrocities, which, of course, consists of pretty much the Pentagon. So if yeah, this is kind of like if you're committing atrocities yourself, you want to create a organization to monitor them so you can control the organization. So you never get. Yeah, you never get nailed for atrocities. <laughs> right. This is like that, that guy, uh, your favorite guy, the uh, coach at uh, in Pennsylvania, who is a pedophile. Had oh, yeah. A, a yeah. kids organization to help. the yeah, children. Of course, help the children, <laughs> help the children meet me. <laughs> All right. Here he is uh, at the Holocaust Museum. Uh, talking very earnestly. Stepped up our efforts in other ways. We're doing more to protect women and girls from the horror of wartime sexual violence. With the arrest of fugitives, uh, like Vatko Mladic, who? charged with ethnic cleansing in Bosnia, the world sent a message to war criminals everywhere we will not relent in bringing you to justice. Be on notice. Justice. Now we're doing something more. Ah! We're making sure that the United States government has the structures, the huh? mechanisms to better prevent and respond to mass atrocities. Hold on a second. Who died and made you boss? We have the structure and the mechanisms to not just see what's going on, but to go and prevent it. 
So now we're in charge. Just so you know, bitches, we're coming to get you. So I created the first ever White House position dedicated to this task. A czar. Ooh, another czar. A czar, yes. That's why I cre- created a new Atrocities Prevention Board. To- atrocities Prevention Board. I'm an Atrocities Prevention Officer. I need to check you. Bring together senior officials from across our government to focus on this critical mission. This is not an afterthought. No, no, no. It's all in the plan. We believe that. This is not a sideline. <laughs> Definitely not an afterthought. foreign policy. Atrocities Prevention Board. The board will convene for the first time today. Party! Party! We're drinking! Across government, alert channels will ensure that information about unfolding crises. Alert channel. It's like a bat signal. And dissenting opinions quickly reach decision makers, including me. (laughs) Well, that's good to know. (laughs) Including me. Our Treasury Department will work to more quickly deploy its financial tools to block the flow of money to abusive regimes. Right, so we're going to steal money again. Steal your money, which uh, has just been done. It's, it works. I would just we like to do a Gaddafi. We did, we've done it to, I think we took Mubarak's money. We've, we've frozen money from here and there. Yeah. Did you see it's the. Pretty cool. Did you see the executive order? Oh, no, you're going to tell me about it, though. Yeah, this is the executive order about. Uh, oh, it's, it's an unbelievable one. Hold on a second. I've got it here. It is uh, it's a really big one. It's about Iran and Syria. It is executive order number... Uh, I don't know if it has... It's got to have a number somewhere. Well, here it is. Executive order blocking the property and suspending entry into the United States of certain persons with respect to grave human rights abuses by the governments of Iran and Syria via information technology. This is a new one. Oh, this is interesting. Yes. So, so they're blocking the... In, in other words, no, we're... We're, we're, no, no, we're censoring no. the internet is what it's saying. Well, it, I'll give you the highlights. Tell me it doesn't say that. I'll give you the highlights. Uh, I, Barack Obama, President, hereby determine that the commission of serious human rights abuses <laughs> against the people of Iran and Syria by their governments facilitated by computer and network disruption monitoring and tracking by those governments and abetted by entities in Iran and Syria that are complicit in their government's malign use of technology for those purposes threaten the national security and foreign policy of the United States so what he's saying is because Hold they, on a second because they block facebook and uh, let me see, eavesdrop and read email, which sounds a lot like what happens here. Therefore, exactly what happens here, except the blocking Facebook. Well, that you know of. Well, uh, no, that we no, we're monitoring face. Facebook is a, is a useful tool, <laughs> right? Well, but they're saying monitoring and tracking okay. by those governments. So it's a, so what you said is so true. Set up a commission to watch the other guys. Do what you're doing yourself. So here is... Uh, you already know how it works, so you can do it easier. So here's uh, the pertinent pieces, and it's all marked up in the show notes, 403.nashownotes.com for your convenience. All property and interest in property that are in the United States that hereafter come within the United States or that are or hereafter come within the possession or control of any United States person, anybody including any foreign branch of the following persons are blocked and may not be transferred, paid, exported, withdrawn, or otherwise dealt in. Okay. 
Uh, it's the persons listed in the annex, which, of course, is not provided. Any person determined by the Secretary of State, any person in consultation with or at the recommendation of the Secretary of State, all your stuff gets stolen. If you have operated or have directed the operation of information and communications technology that facilitates computer or network disruption, monitoring or tracking that could assist in or enable serious human rights abuses by or on behalf of the government of Iran or the government of Syria. So they're saying that you can be abused, that it's a human right to not be monitored. This is kind of what it says, the way I'm reading it. If you have sold, leased, or otherwise provided directly or indirectly good services or technology to Iran or Syria, likely to be used to facilitate computer or network disruption, monitoring, or trafficking. Hello, Silicon Valley. You're out yeah, of business. No Hello, Cisco. You're out of business. Uh, any transaction by United so States. So Huawei, uh, this is another, you know, I, I really wonder if this is not, this is essentially giving the business, and it's a large industry in Iran's very scientific-oriented uh, culture, and they have a lot of computer technology there, and they need ser- uh, servers, they need uh, routers, routers. routers. And yeah. so essentially what Obama's doing here is giving the business of these countries straight to the Chinese. Mm-hmm. And Huawei can do all that stuff, by the way. They, they, there's nothing that you can They're get from it. Cisco that you can't get from China cheaper. Mm-hmm. So, so he's essentially turned over the industry to to, uh, to the Chinese. Okay, well, that's interesting. Maybe it's part of the scheme. They could the be. Chiners more to do. <laughs> Give the China. And then we can blame the Chiners for facilitating evil governments, maybe. I mean, that's one way that's to do it. That's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, for those persons whose property and interests in property are blocked pursuant to this order, who might might have a constitutional presence in the United States, I find that because, this is a good one, Because of the ability to transfer funds or other assets instantaneously, prior notice to such persons of measures to be taken pursuant to this order would render those measures ineffectual. I therefore determine that for these measures to be effective in addressing the two national emergencies identified in the preamble to this order, there need be no prior notice of a listing or determination made pursuant to Section 1 of this order. So what I read from this is... We're not going to warn anybody that you can't send your routers over to Iran or Syria because otherwise we couldn't we couldn't catch you. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Don't warn anybody that we're doing this. You know, make sure that you're subscribed to the RSS feed of uh, the White House press office. Otherwise, you'd never know because the news media isn't reporting on this. So they're not sending out any. Any notices? No, they're reporting on the French Riviera of California being the Salton Sea. So there's, uh, but you know, there's also just taking so your money. So does this also mean I can't like import? What if I go to? Uh, if you set up a website, well, let's well, I, let's say, well, say I set up a website that sells Persian rugs. Yeah, well, could that? Are they going to come grab all my rugs or what? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Let's, oh. let's, let's listen to the final thirty seconds of uh, Obama here. Our military will take additional steps to incorporate the prevention of atrocities into its doctrine. Its doctrine? So what does that mean? Prevention of atrocities into its doctrine. And it's planning. Planning? Oh, okay. We're planning something. The State Department will increase its ability to surge our diplomats. Surge the diplomats. You ready for a surge, boys? 
What kind of diplomat takes place in a surge? Only one that's armed. Experts in a crisis. Experts. USAID will invite people and high-tech companies to help create new technologies to quickly expose violations of human rights. Really? Can I get that contract? And we'll work with other nations so the burden is better shared because this is a global... That's, here it is. New world order, everybody. We'll work with other nations so the burden is better shared. We'll do it through our world army at NATO. Responsibility. In short, we need to be doing everything we can to prevent and respond to these kinds of atrocities. Atrocities. Because national sovereignty is never a license to slaughter your people. <laughs> let, that, <laughs> let that one go down in history. President Obama, national sovereignty is never a license to slaughter your people. Now, droning is okay. It's just the use of knives and head cutoffs that is not okay. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, wow is right. That's a good quote. Yeah, it's a, it's a great quote. So Obama, it's a, but it's a license to imprison most of them, or, yeah, or, no, no, or, no. or to That's imprison, okay. get back prison. to the prisons again. The highest per capita imprisonment of any society in the is the United States per capita and in total numbers. That's not slaughter. That's slavery. So it's okay to imprison and enslave yes, yes, your yes, own yes, public. Yes, 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 yes. That's okay. That's okay. So President Obama, that, I want to get that straight. President Obama, who of course desperately wants to look cool. And, of course, he's succeeded momentarily um, with his appearance on Jimmy Fallon. This was, uh, of course, we, we set you up for this months ago. We revisited a couple weeks ago about the, and I think I figured something extra out here, about the, um, uh, and they've even come up with a hashtag, don't double my rate, dude. Everybody tweet your congressman, hashtag, don't double my rate. So this is the uh, 2007 bill, which reduced the student loans to 3.4%, which could easily be extended. Uh, he is incorrectly being cited by the news media as wanting to extend it. That is absolutely not true, because uh, you can extend this up through 2018. It's right there in the original bill. Uh, he, no, no, we don't want to do that. We're doing a complete recapitalization. We're bailing out the banks at the behest of our military budget which is known as the Overseas Contingency Operations. That's where the new bill is going to be paid from, and this is important. So he wants to look cool. He goes on Jimmy Fallon, who does a horrible job interviewing him. I mean, why don't you just get on your knees and suck him off, Fallon? I mean, really. That was the worst interview. It was unwatchable. It was completely unwatchable. He does the slow jam the news, which is released a day ahead of time. I mean, come, I mean again, Goebbels is laughing in his grave. And he and and the obscenity of it is that he is at the University of Chapel Hill, North Carolina, pretending that we have to keep education affordable. But it's the same thing with the health care, but not by actually forcing the university to charge a normal rate. And I'd like and to. Right. And don't forget that just a few weeks ago, we pointed out that the, the tuition has gone up 750 percent, almost twice as much as uh, health care costs, which have gone up 400 percent in the last decade. Well, I'd like you to know that uh, one semester for the 2011-2012 academic year at Chapel Hill for in-state residents is $20,000. 41,140 for out-of-state residents. The guy is at the university. 
doing a and sales by the way, that's job. A state run operation. Why is it, it tuition anything more than a dollar? He is doing a sales job. He's selling banking and are the loans. Idiots there lapping it up. Oh, listen to this. So here he is. First of all, uh, he loves everybody. Let's talk about his American dream. But what I want you to know is that the degree you earn from UNC will be the best tool you have to achieve that basic American promise. The idea that if you work hard, you can do well enough to raise a family and own a home, send your own kids to college, put a little away for retirement. And eat that dog American food. dream is within your reach. And listen to the slaves. That's not my American dream. My American dream is not working hard, put a little away for retirement. No, my yeah, American dream. Especially dr- when you're in debt. My American dream is to be king of the world, to succeed, to create huge, great things, to go to the moon, to dive to the deepest depths, to be all that you can be. That's my <laughs> American dream. My American yeah, dream. Can you play that again? Because he's kind of altered the American dream. It's the same basic low end American dream yeah. he's always been pushing. And by the way, I want to ask listeners and you, why haven't the Republicans picked up on this meme and and ridden him into the ground over it? Because they have the same American dream for us, John. <laughs> they don't. They believe in the same values. Work hard, you stupid slave. Put a little away for your retirement. So you can eat dog food. But what I want you to know is that the degree you earn from UNC UNC will be the best tool you have to achieve that basic American promise. The idea that if you work hard, you can do well enough to raise a family and own a home, send your own kids to college, put a little away for retirement. That American dream is within your reach. I'm sorry. That is not uh, my American dream. My parents said to me, anybody can be president. You can be president as long as you dream and work hard towards it. And they never said, son, let me sit you down here for a second. I want you to dream big now. I'm putting a little away for retirement. Putting a little away. <laughs> this is American dream. To put a little away. Put a little away for retirement. Work hard and die. That's not an American dream. What part of the dream is, when do the hookers come into the dream? Oh, I'm sorry. That's only if you work for government. Yeah, that's right. And then he pulls out this crap. And that forces students like you to take out a lot more loans. There are fewer grants. Can I get an amen? Wait a minute. He just said that that forces you to take out I don't know. Can Play I get it again? I got it. And there's a weird. This I got this right from. What's C- this, say amen, crap, and they all yell amen. Oh, it keeps on going. But there's this weird hiccup in the audio, and this is directly from C-SPAN. And the I didn't see the video jump, but you can hear the audio. Really, you'll hear it just before he gets to the to the amen. It's like they've cut something out, but I uh, I couldn't see the edit in the video. And that forces students like you to take out a lot more loans. There are fewer grants. Can I get an amen? So he says that forces you to take out a lot more loans with fewer grants. Can I get an amen? That's not an amen. That's a, that's, I thought amen was, yeah, it was good. Yeah, amen. Here, here, listen. Now, 
The average student who borrows to pay for college now graduates with about $25,000 in student loan debt. That's the average. Some or more. Can I get an amen for that? What? Yeah, I know. It's because some, some folks have more debt than that. Amen. <laughs> Why are so, we am- so, amening so more this debt? This is like a, like a propagandistic piece of work where yes. he's getting them to say, Amen. to almost agree that this is good. Debt is good. Amen. Debt is good. You're, you're going to graduate with a $25,000 debt. Can I get an amen? Yay. Amen. amen. going to graduate with debt. Amen. I mean, that's what it is. That's yes. What he, that's what yes. It, I mean, that's obviously, well, that's not what he meant. It's what he said. Well, uh, I mean, he didn't write it. We know that. You know, he's just reading it. So whoever the Axelrod, Axelrod doing Axel that, Rod. you know it's Axelrod doing it all over again. Um, so here's my basic theory on this. So this, of course, is part of this campaign, and it's like Republicans. He said that Republicans, you know, they don't want you. They want you. They want you to have pay lots of money. Republicans evil. So this bill, which okay, there's bills out banks, and uh, you know who gives a crap, and there's nothing new there. But the reason why it can't pass has been set up in the bill, as we reported at the very end, the last, the very last paragraph of this entire bill. I'll read it to you: funds appropriated or otherwise made available for a fiscal year to carry out this act, and the amendments made by this act shall be made available from the funds available for overseas contingency operations. That is the military budget. So the Republicans, of course, are going to say, we can't take away from the military budget. We can't pass this. It's right, a setup. They're, so they're set up to be the bad guys set as up. usual. Total and so setup. Obama can go into the elections moaning and groaning yeah. about how the Republicans are trying to screw the students. So let's see if anyone actually reports on the, on the problem that this is because you know, we have no way to pay for it. We have no money. And uh, it's, it's like a triple whammy. Because, you know, there's no way you can win. I mean, Democrats wouldn't vote for this to be taken out of the military budget either. But but it's going to be made, the Republicans will be made to look, because they've already been set up as the bad guy, or Republicans don't want this, because it's being taken out of the military budget. Let's see if they actually say anywhere on the news, uh, we're not going to do that because we can't uh, cut the military budget. Which, by the way, I'm fine with. You know, cut it. But you know, let's not get let's, let's not give everybody loan. Let's make the state school well, free. The military, the Defense Department can't even come up with a, with an accounting for all the money they spend. <laughs> exactly. Hire a couple bookkeepers and just see what's going on there. It's obviously a scam. Yeah. So um, I'd be all for it. You know, go ahead, take it out of the military budget and <clears throat> just give it. Just make the state school free. Make it free. But it should be. It used to be. Yeah, we can't relatively free. Yeah, we can't do that because uh, you know the, we've got a huge basketball program to support. Basketball pays for itself with ticket sales. Yeah, but that's not going to the college. That's going to the for the hookers. Go on. Well, that was it. Oh. Well, what do you make of since you're we're talking about the Defense Department? What do you make of this latest thing that? Uh, uh, Panetta goes over to the Defense Department from the CIA and decides to create a, a secondary intelligence spy network. Oh, uh, what? You didn't know about this. Mm. And it's like everybody's wondering, why you don't you have the DIA? And he says, I can't remember. I, in fact, I didn't do a piece on this I thought this we were yet. talking about the DIA. This is, this is not the DIA? No, this is a, a new kind of a... 
it may be uh, umbrellaed by the DIA, but it sounds like it's not going to be. It's a new, a whole new operation that is used to, to turn to turn businessmen. <laughs> it's gonna work. This is gonna work to take your average business asshole who's like you know <laughs> setting up shop in Singapore to also work for the DIA or not work for the DIA but work for the Defense Department as as a spy. Well, that's what the CIA already does. That's uh, that's what the CIA says. They say, hey, wait, we already do this. No, 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 no. You're not doing it right. You're doing it wrong. It's like these guys, these DIA, CIA guys have been in competition. And obviously the DIA is the one that's working for the White House. Yeah. Because Panetta seems to be a White House guy. And he went over to the CIA first to see, you know, so they could get a clue of what was going on over there. Because who needs the CIA guys? Oh, I I know what this is. I think this is the cyber guys. Isn't this the cyber intelligence? that? No, no, this is not about cyber. This is about the businessmen. They're going to turn to all these, you know, just they want to recruit businessmen, which Hmm. means that every businessman that goes anywhere to do anything is going to be suspect in the foreign country, which is the worst thing you can do to the business community is make every it's like they've done that with journalists already because they've used journalists as spies. And so a journalist shows up in some place and next thing you know, they think he's arrested as being a spy when he may or may not be. So anyway, okay. well, let me me just say, um, so I'm, I'm still reading the FBI book written by Tim Weiner, the same guy who wrote The Legacy of Ashes, the CIA. And I have my questions about the legitimacy of legitimacy, 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 legitimacy of this book. Two things. One, we have always had a war against our own citizens. Hoover uh just had reams and reams of people that were on lists and were getting picked up and arrested without warrants. Just, I mean, you know, the huge uh, multi-organizational uh, structure, exactly like Department of Homeland Security. I mean, this is a fractal, what we're seeing right now, of what the, uh, the SIS was and the FBI. But the thing that, of course, caught my eye, Hoover was not gay. The whole thing about Hoover being gay, according to this book, was made up. There was one British journalist who wrote something once and it caught fire. And there's no evidence. If you saw the J. Edgar movie, there's no evidence he uh, he was having sex with you know, with that guy, whatever his name was. The guy he was living with. Yeah, they were very, very close. And he left his estate to him. But but according to the, uh, Weiner's book, absolutely not. No evidence whatsoever was totally fabricated. Interesting, right? Was that what the, the the book was written for that purpose, is to reestablish no, 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 his reputation? I don't think so. I think, well, it could be in a way, but, but what I'm taking away from it so far is this is all a fractal, John. All of this. We've had NDAA-type legislation. We've had, you know, the, the, anti, um, the anti-Reds bill. Uh, you know, if you're a member of the Communist Party, you get picked up. This was not just a little Hollywood thing. This is going on since the 1920s, but big time, big time, big lists and spies and snooping on people and opening up their mail and, and rummaging around and infiltrating groups. This is nothing new for us. We're a big nation of spies. You may be a spy for all I know. The whole, you may be <laughs> well, like, I'd like to get a check if I am. You're probably my handler. <laughs> Could be. Where's the... <laughs> I'm waiting for the check. <clears throat> so, Man. so that movie, that movie what, was the, the maybe Jagger movie. Yeah, it was. You know, it's completely which was, the was essentially uh, uh, a hit job. It was a hit job on the FBI. 
Yeah, but it was it was suppressed. The movie, yeah. Well, the FBI suppressed it because I don't think they liked it. No, and I'm sure that uh, uh, Clint Eastwood is paying dearly for it. Mm. I guess he figured he's old enough he can get away with doing something like this, and who cares? He's got plenty of money, and what are they going to do? So, of course, the distraction still here in the United States of Gitmo Nation. Uh, well, you have two distractions. The John Edwards, I don't understand why they keep that distraction going other than to cover up uh, uh, any other campaign finance shenanigans that are actually going on at this moment. You know, to make this is the scapegoat guy. <laughs> I'm feeling sorry for him. Uh, but, of course, is the hookers and blow. And so uh, uh, they called Lucy, Lucy Napolitano, to the stand in the, the Senate there, and they grilled her. And, wow, she scares the crap out of me. She has a communication with these people. And she'll sit there and go like, yeah, of course, we'll take care of that. No problem. We're all over it. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, wow. You know, I, I think these senators are afraid. She looks a little like J. Edgar Hoover. She does. She is the reincarnation of J. Edgar Hoover. And the senators are afraid of her, John. And Feinstein, a senator from California, extremely powerful, extremely powerful senator. She, I mean, out of nowhere, she basically comes out and says, stop arresting my illegal aliens. I got to play this for you. Is agriculture enforcement audits. Obviously, I have a bias. We have 81,000 farms in California. Virtually all of the labor is undocumented. What happens is, in harvest season, canning season, ice swoops in. Now, that sounds about right to me. If you want to go catch the illegal aliens, I'm sorry, undocumented workers, code, during harvest season, go swoop in. Go pick them up. No, 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 no. We can't have that. We've got a problem. I've tried for 10 years to get an ag jobs bill through, and I can't get it through. The fact of the matter is whoa, that if whoa. we want American produce, the labor is generally undocumented. And we have now, how does this work? I don't understand. If if the if the labor force is undocumented, well I think there's a lot of people who would want to go and work there. There's people out of work in California. No, okay, not good enough for Feinstein. Have to <laughs> find a solution to this. Um so I am hopeful, and I know that you're doing aggressive I-9 audits of, of ag employers. I'm very concerned that these are going to decimate on-farm and farm-dependent jobs. I think, uh, thoughts? I, yeah, I think the base of the problem is that there is no provision under the current immigration law that enables uh, more agricultural workers to be documented. Um, and so we have some employers, and we try to pick those who um, are really knowingly and, in, and intentionally violating the law when they have other options, um, uh, trying to focus on them uh, through the audit process. But I think what's happening here is Feinstein is saying, hey, stop screwing with my state. And Janet came back and said, we'll only get some little guys. Don't worry about it. You know, the people who are doing the right thing and are good in our book, you know, like the big companies, the really big ones that you're probably shilling for. We'll leave those alone. The underlying issue goes back to the immigration law itself. Senator Schumer just murmured to me, most don't have any other options. California is a state that can't use the H-2A program, the visitor program. So it depends on a ro- large, skilled, rotating 
generally undocumented coterie of about 600,000 workers Whoa. for 81,000 farms. Um, if ICE swoops in, farmers can't plant, they can't harvest, they can't can, and this has been happening. I want to bring it to your attention, and, um, uh, you know, it's a hard problem, but if this body won't take action, you're going to put ag, we're going to put ag out of business, and I'm really concerned about it. So if there is any thoughts you might have, I would very much appreciate them. And the last. So I was blown away. She's literally saying, please don't arrest my illegal aliens. It's exactly what she's saying. And by the way, if this is some sort of a problem, she's been trying to get some legislation to make them legal for the 10 minutes they're needed. Why don't you just have Obama, her buddy Obama, California supports, write an executive order? It would be done. Yeah, because Obama's not her buddy. That's the problem. Well, the problem is because Obama already knows that California is a bunch of lackeys that are going to vote for him anyway. He doesn't, he doesn't care need about to, California. He doesn't need to do this anything. is like the black community voting. They don't, they're not going to do anything for poor people because they're going to vote for the Democrats. So you know, screw them. Why would they're in their pocket? They're in our pocket. We need to get bankers to vote for us. So let's give them the money. So while everyone is uh, trying to get some, you know, all the news, like, oh, we're, yeah, they're talking, oh, the hookers, oh, yeah, she's going to stop it, oh, this was not right, no, and, uh, the real hooker act. All the hooker story, they never talk about the fact that prostitution is legal. Well, they do. Now, I've heard it, but that, oh, okay. but it doesn't matter. It's not, appropri- <laughs> it's not appropriate behavior, which, by the way, oh. as Ms. Mickey pointed out, all business runs on hookers. It's a, Everywhere you go, there's hookers. That's what the world is like. It's hookers. But the real action is at the State Department. If you want some real hardcore hooker action, you work for the State Department. Ah, beautiful little press conference there with Victoria Newland, And someone came up with a doozy. Americans might consider the ongoing soap opera involving the Secret Service. Except this doesn't involve the Secret Service. We're talking about three U.S. Marines who apparently have been punished, as well as an employee of the U.S. Embassy in Brasilia, who uh, apparently uh, were implicated in tossing a prostitute out of a moving car. (laughs) (laughs) At the State Department, we throw our hookers out of the car, man. We don't mess around with them bitches. Now, where was this? Brasilia. Oh, in Brasilia. Yeah. So you, so you got to listen because, I mean, I cut out a whole bunch of stuff. There was a lot of back and forth and had they been disciplined. But, of course, you know, Panetta already admitted that these people were prosecuted. They were demoted, thrown out of the country. Uh, and now Brasilia wants to sue the uh, State Department employee who threw the hooker out of the moving car. I just want to repeat that. Threw the hooker out of the moving car. But, no, no, it didn't go down that way. Sometime last year. And we wanted to find out, since we know that the Marines have been punished, who was the employee of the embassy? Was this person an American? Was this person a local hire? Uh, What can you say about a pending lawsuit now, apparently, against the embassy? Well, first of all, uh, your report of the incident in question is not accurate. Oh, oh, John, 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 what do you think really happened? Well, apparently not that. So you don't think that they threw a hooker out of, like, Pulp Fiction. I can just see him, get the bitch out! 
They so they didn't throw a hooker out of a moving car. This is incorrect, according to Miss Newland. In terms of what actually happened. Uh, second, this is something that happened back in December. Oh, it happened half a year ago. Stop! What are you? Why are you bringing this up now? What hookers are important all of a sudden? Uh, there was a State Department employee involved. Uh, the we did cooperate fully with the appropriate Brazilian authorities, including with the civil police. Uh, none of the Americans involved in the incident are still in Brazil. Uh, the civil police, as I understand it, are still working on their case, and no charges have been brought by the Brazilian authorities. When you say that uh, none of the people involved are still in Brazil, does that imply that the embassy employee is an American? Correct. Okay. And it, does that person still work for the U.S. government? Uh, I do not have the answer to that. I, th I believe so. No, of course. I mean, if you, if, you, if you throw hookers out of a car, you get promoted. But as you know, we don't talk about our personnel. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Why don't you talk? I didn't know that either. What, what is that? For privacy reasons. Oh, privacy reasons. Oh, we go, we yeah. go, we oh, go scan your email, you know, look at you naked in the security naked body scanner. But when you throw a hooker out of a moving car as a representative of the United States of America in a foreign country, we don't talk about that because uh, it's a privacy. privacy. Yeah. What about the description? Here's my buddy, Matt. That you were read of the incident is incorrect. Well, Roz talked about somebody being thrown out of a car and this kind of thing. That is not what happened in this case. What, what, did, what, what did happen? The Secretary of Defense offered to reporters who were traveling with him. So she's even saying that Panetta already said that did happen that way. He already said that to reporters. She's just ignoring that. She's going to give her version of the truth. So uh, our information is that uh, after four embassy personnel left the club, uh, the a woman involved in this incident attempted to open a car door and get into a closed and moving vehicle. She was not able to do so. She fell and she intervened. She injured herself. <laughs> I fell down the stairs. <laughs> She tried to enter the moving vehicle, like all good uh, hookers do, and then, and, and then she fell and hurt herself. Oh, wow. You know, the fact of the blather is that it's a bonanza working for the United States government. It's an absolute bonanza. And you can take all your money which, of course, is the, the people's tax revenue, revenue, notice revenue, and you can spend it on hookers. And it's a big-ass party. The, the head honcho, uh, Hillary, gets a free pass. Go ahead, Joe. She's a, she works hard. She can go party in the, in the club. For all we know, it was, a, it was a, a lesbian hooker. Who knows? It's privacy. You can't talk about it. It's a bonanza. <laughs> it's a, just one big bonanza. I love it. So uh, I wonder if we'll hear anything about that. I wonder if anyone will bring nah, that one the up. The media won't cover it. I like that one. I, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, hookers. <laughs> There's nothing like a good hooker story, John. You got to admit. Yeah, I don't understand why they keep avoiding it. It's almost as like the White House is like running these newspapers. Well, there's only four big, six big media companies, and they're told what to do, and they... And that's what they do.
Meanwhile, of course, uh, uh, the American media is all over the fact that uh, Ron Paul has won Iowa and Minnesota and Washington State. And, you know, you hear it everywhere. Everyone's talking about how uh, he what? actually is I, winning, winning all the delegates. about it. Oh. In fact, <laughs> which duh. is the point you're making, <laughs> which is uh, apparently Ron Paul is picking up so much of these, you know, the, these, delegates, these yeah. elections. Many of these states, it's like they they win a primary, but it's only a suggestion. And so you end up with a bunch of delegates who end up throwing in with Ron Paul. And now the underground media is picking up the fact that Ron Paul still may have the edge in terms of, of actual votes when you get to the convention. Maybe Because if Romney does not win that first round, which it's possible he won't, then this thing is going to go wide open. Yeah. And what it, are they going to say? I was looking at my own blog and I was noticing there was a uh, last August, there was a, uh, a graph showing all these different candidates, Michelle Bachman, and how much news coverage they got compared to Ron Paul, which was at the very bottom of the list. He got nobody covers it. What would the news media have to do? Because, you know, they'd have to do something if all of a sudden Ron Paul goes in as as the kingmaker or the king in the convention and they have they missed it. Well, I was going to suggest the following um, because, you know, Rachel Maddow, uh, she's the she did a little report uh, where she said, oh, did Ron Paul just win Iowa and Minnesota, which apparently, according to the delegate count, he did uh, Iowa. I mean, Iowa is the big one. Right. That's the one that everyone focused on. Um, if right, Iowa, that's the one that Romney won and then it turned out Santorum won. Yeah, but now, right. now and they made a big deal out of that. Yeah. Now there's no talk. So if I if I were running the show, because we have months and months and months to go, uh, if it, you know, because this is a reality show, I would pull it out. I would put it front and center. You can run at least a month on this. No, <sighs> someone's got to do it. So I mean, if they anyone did it this, because it, they won't do it because he is not in the script. Not and if they they can't take a chance on talk, talking up Ron Paul and people are all of a sudden starting to listen to him or maybe take him a little more seriously. Or not getting the money. Or read what he has to say yeah. or any of that stuff. You do not want that. You can't take a chance that he'll win this whole thing. So shut up. He was on uh, MSNBC. No, uh, CNBC. He was the guest host in the morning. Did you see that? CNBC? You were with his 4,000 viewers? <laughs> Duh. But uh, I'm just he was... You know, it, being the guest host of CNBC, which all of Wall Street watches. Yeah, no, they do. Everybody who's anybody, I would, used to do a lot of CNBC work, and I had done some other. I'd done some stuff when Market Watch was still owned by CBS. Mm-hmm. I'd done some TV that goes through the through a Market Watch syndication, which had like something like I don't know fifty times the viewership of CNBC, and and I would get responses from people in the street. They would, you know, the, like my some certain kind of people would have seen me on that show. But when I did CNBC, every stockbroker that I've ever met in my life had watched me. Exactly. I mean, they have a huge audience of very of movers and shakers. And they'd be like, hey, man, you buy stocks and bonds? Hey, you're on that CNBC, aren't you? Hey, you buy stocks and bonds? You want to get rich, like leave your wife rich? Hey, <laughs> guys like that. <laughs> Not you mean? those guys, no. Anyway, go on. Um, he was great. It's an important audience, let's put it that He way. was great. And he was left and right, just sl- just slamming. You know, they'd bring on some analyst, and, and Ron Paul would just be like, no, <laughs> no. And he was very calm. Um, you know, they, they let you talk kind of on that show, which is good. And it was, you, I mean, you can get on YouTube, obviously, but it was real. it was just really, really enjoyable to watch someone 
who just had a different opinion, wasn't one of these whores who was just pimping crap. And, you know, no one really had any, any counter to what he was saying. They were like, oh, yeah, oh, hmm. Except, you know, of course, it's like, why don't you give up? You know, they always say that. Why don't you just give up, man? You give up, you're annoying. Did you stop that? You're annoying us. He's in, uh, in Austin today. Ron Paul. I think we're going to oh, go tonight. Well, you should go see him. You yeah. met him. Yeah. We, uh, I have, have I met him? I've spoken talk to him. You yeah, spoke talk to him. him. Yeah. I, I don't think him. I've ever met him on, uh, in you person. go down there and say hello. He's at the LBJ uh, you know, library. You this guy wins. We got to finally get to the White House dinners. Oh, pff, are you kidding me? I've got to kiss Miss Mickey in the China room. Yeah, he's at the uh, he's at UT, the LBJ library. It's a free event, 7 p.m. this evening. Oh, pack him in if it's all the students. Oh, it's, it's going to be huge. So Miss Mickey and I are planning on going. Uh, I think that would be kind of fun. We'd go down there and we'll just hoot and holler. And uh, you can't get in touch with one of his, his handlers and you could probably get in backstage. You know, that Mickey suggested that. I'm like, you know, uh, what am I going to do? It's like, I know Jesse Benton who runs the campaign. Yeah, I, I know Doug Weed. You know, but it doesn't matter. I mean, I'd rather be in the field meeting people and talking to them and oh, hearing what people some, are saying. Some stickers. <laughs> hey, by the way, what happened to noagendastickers.com? Is it gone? Yeah, it appears to be. What? Hold on a second. No agenda. This is bad. It's on, is it off the air? Oh, boy. It's not looking good. Uh, it looks like the server or something. I don't know, I don't know who was hosting it. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's gone. I got three No Agenda stickers from Eric the other day, so I can give those out. I got yes, three. I mean, we need like a handful of business cards or stickers. You can find got, some of those yeah. business cards. Yeah, I got my Gitmo shirts, gitmoshirts.com. I got that one with the Drone Star State. I think I'll wear that. That'll be kind of cool. Drone State. That would be good. See if anyone picks up on it. Uh, let's take a little break here, Johnny Boy. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. First, I want to start off with a uh, a make good. Uh-oh. Yeah, well, it was a make good. Not that we didn't credit uh, 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 Bill Jarima, is his name, with, he, he was er, sent an irksome note that we we credited him for three ni- show 399 and 400 He donated $400 and just before show 399 which he got him a double. But he had no note on there because he said there was no way of putting a note, and I don't know everybody else did it, but he could, I got him, I I, I don't know. And then he sent, so he sent a note in, but it went in my spam box. Oh. But so he wanted, and I'm going to read his note now as, as the make good. I thought I'd point out some message thread below supporting the show and, and had my smoking hot wife listen twice to the executive producer segment for show <laughs> 399 to 400, only not to get what he wanted, which was the Dvorak. He wants, here's what he wants. He wanted a de-douching karma with a Dvorak slide whistle stinger. Slide whistle stinger. Yeah, in other words, you know, a, uh, a de-douching, and then at the end of some sort of a, you know, we've done that. So I, I think we have to give him that. Okay, but it's... Apologize for missing it on show 400. Okay. But, um, uh, so it's a de- how about yeah. doing a double, because he doesn't know, this came in before you got the slide whistle, so we can do a double slide whistle stinger with two people. <laughs> <laughs> is that punishment or is that a bonus? I'm not sure uh, which oh, one that is. that's a good question. I don't know. But, you know uh, here maybe we go. <laughs> You've been de-douched. You've got karma. 
beautiful. It's a thing of beauty. <laughs> you okay there? <laughs> Are you all right? I, I swallowed the slide whistle. <laughs> Thank you. That's the opening of the show. <clears throat> mark that. Well, now when I talk. <laughs> <laughs> that really sucks. <laughs> In the morning to you, everybody. <laughs> All right. Let's move it along. It okay. Anyway, sorry, Bill. Oops. What was that? Uh. <clears throat> okay. Let's thank a few people. Mac Tank. Black Knight, Knight Mac Tank. $150 from Playa del Rey. <clears throat> I don't have a note from him, so I'll look it up. Charles Anderson in Columbus, Ohio, one thirty nine thirty eight. Here's my donation, one thirty nine thirty eight, which is double sixty nine sixty nine, <clears throat> which I guess continues the trend a little bit. I'm hoping for some double get laid karma because mm. it's been so long. I don't even remember the last time I got laid. This also <laughs> puts me. This is our listeners. <laughs> yeah. it also puts me into the knighthood territory as I've been in the three thirty three knighthood territory since my beginning. Waiting for you. These, you know, we got to get him a boarding pass. Charlie and Columbus. P.S. The Mayan, Mayan challenge coin is awesome. <clears throat> and then he needs to find his race. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a, he's a do black we have knight. Him listed as a knight coming up. Yeah, yeah, I think he's a black knight. I think. Uh, let me see. Uh, is it on the list? Uh, no. Because J.C. found three knights in this pile. So what is this? I have three knights. Yeah, but not Charles Anderson. Uh, yes, Charles Anderson. I'm sorry. Yes, he's on there. He's on okay, there. Okay. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> David Yegley in Pleasanton, California. Wait a minute. He, need, he needs his karma, man. Hold on a he's, second. He's karma? Yeah, you, the guy's never, he can't remember when he's got oh, laid. He, he has to get laid right. cam, uh, karma and you won't give it to him? You are a cock blocker. You've got karma. <clears throat> You'll now get laid. Yeah. David Send Yegley pictures. Pleasanton, California, 123.45 in the morning. Uh, if you can get, if you could knock me up with some much needed get laid karma, it would be, a, what is wrong? This is like the second, this is right next to the other guy. This is what's crazy. Our, uh, our listeners either have cancer or can't get laid. This uh, I'm is not liking this. <laughs> no, me neither. You've got karma. All right. Now we got Sir John Smith coming with a nice hundred dollars from St. Petersburg, Florida. I uh, hope you enjoyed. He sent me a bottle of uh, of wine, curiously from Washington State, uh, from Florida, uh, and I thank you for that. I'm running my first triathlon in four years on Sunday. I need some serious huntsman chigga chigga ching karma, revering the donors and renouncing the boners. Yeah, let's do that then. You've got. Karma. Okay, well, at least we got off the get late karma. Uh, Andre Kelka in Prague, uh, $100. This is a dollar a show. As a member of the 300 Club, I owe you that 100 Currently listening to NA379. By the way, people are getting way behind on the show. Stop that. It's not, it's not necessary. Uh, maybe we should, you know, the last show we did was almost three hours. Maybe you know, we should shorten the show. Or maybe we should just stop for a couple of weeks till everyone's caught up. That's an idea. If I make the credits, I'll likely realize in August uh, knighthood. Huge backlog of shows, you know. <clears throat> I don't know. You'd put it in your car. You make a CD, burn it, play it in the car. You'll, you drive around that much at least. Kelvin Jones, uh, our, our PhD from uh, Parts Unknown. The wife is gone, so I can send you money again. 
<laughs> what can you extrapolate on? He's gone? the one who talks about his wife's in the room, so he can't send money. And is she in the backyard in a hole? And she hates the show. <laughs> oh right, she hates the show. Yeah, I got a call back. Or was interviewed for a job. I will go to Kingsville, Texas, in two weeks. But they are my third best option. Hopefully, by the time you read this on the air, I'll get a nod from the school in Trinidad. Hmm. Oh, that'd be nice. nice yeah. We need a we need a person in Trinidad. Regardless, I'm set for the fall, and it'll be my last last act of loving. No agenda. Uh, no need for karma. Just uh, let all new listeners call all new listen, listeners douchebags and let the boners know that this crackpot conspiracy theorist gives and they should, too. Why? Because. <laughs> Kelvin Jones. sixty nine, sixty nine. The trend continues. Douchebag. Okay. That's for the people out there who are boners. Big Dan Lovin. Big Dan Lovin. Parts unknown. sixty nine, sixty nine. Another one. Uh, calling myself as a kinster, as a donor with a boner. I lost my home in November and just last Saturday lost my job. The new American dream of just getting by seems so far away at times. Please accept this donation. And I would love a shot of karma as I search for a new job and a, or a new of my business. What? <clears throat> Not sure. Having too soon have my own very... Oh, this is, obviously, this is drunk writing. Yeah. Have my own very car... Katrina Camper, thanks FEMA, Big Dan Lovin, <laughs> a.k.a. Big Dan Lovin on Twitter. Think you'd love FetLife.com as a private free Facebook for those with an alternate lifestyle. Oh, hold on. Fetishist. Oh, FetLife.com, <laughs> FetLife.com. So uh, let's give him some uh, karma for the camper and the job. You've got karma. Ah, FetLife is a free social network for, for the BDSM and fetish community. <laughs> this is a great picture. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Look yeah, at the picture. Look at the listeners. picture. Look at the picture. <laughs> I haven't gone there. Hold on. Let me go there. <clears throat> it's like a Secret Service guy who has a hooker all tied up hanging from a net. FetLife.com. <laughs> <laughs> Get some water there, John. You okay? Yeah, can uh, can I have someone bring you some water? I'm I'm good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> they're all got a big smile on their face. Ninety eight point six percent of Fet Lifers would recommend Fet Life to a friend. <laughs> it's got one point three million members. Hey, get someone to listen to the show. Yeah, really. And they got six million pictures. Send some. <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> okay, onward. Uh, Colin Peterson and Bow or Bo Washington, sixty nine, sixty nine. Uh, Grebulon. Hey, it's from Grebulon. It's my birthday again this Thursday. Keep up the wonderful work. We got a call out for him. Michael Michaud, sixty dollars. Nyan Nestler in Altmura, Minnesota. Double nickels on the dime. <clears throat> Long time boner, first time donor. Needs a birthday shout out for his friend. We got that. Uh, Wait a minute. A two, yeah. two to the head. He's a two to the head de douching. One bullet for him and one bullet for me. Thanks for the greatest podcast in the universe. You've been de douched. I guess that is kind of a de douching. Um, oops, I just overshot my uh, spot here. Uh, okay. Um, uh, Patrick Deary, uh, Sarnia, Ontario, double nickels on the dime. White hat, Jan. Jean. Jean in uh, The Hague. Uh, 
I would like a birthday shout out to my girlfriend Nancy, who is celebrating this Thursday, and some extra real estate karma for her. You've got karma. Thomas Gillier in Kentbridge, Ontario. Uh, double nickels on the dime. Thanks for the greatest podcast in the universe. Martha, my lovely wife of 33 years, would chuckle if given a slide whistle plus douchebag call out in her honor. It's a slow slide whistle. <clears throat> okay. You've been de-douched. You overdid it. Ryan Benson, Tampa, Florida, double nickels on the dime. Please include on today's show, uh, last, it's a last-minute donation. I'm writing you back to thank you for the anti-police state karma on last Tuesday. It worked. I beat the system. More timely, though, wish my best friend David Galloway in Dallas a happy 31st. <clears throat> and he is the one who, <clears throat> dying here, introduced me to your excellent show. Can, is, JC, <laughs> is JC there? He's not here. No, he's, in, he's listening. Do you want to just go to the toilet and drink something? No, I'm good. Out of the toilet bowl. <laughs> I'm not going to drink anything from the toilet bowl. Who do you think I am? Go to the fetish site. Next thing you know, you come up with stuff like that. Jesse Anderson in LeClaire, uh, Iowa, 50. Greg Steerly, 50. Uh, Sean Rubel in Fraser, Michigan. Hey, I need some test score karma to keep up the good work, 50. You've got karma. Uh, Jan Houghton in Kaiser, Oregon. <laughs> Birthday shout out coming. Um, uh, John Matthews, Sir John Matthews in Huntersville, North Carolina. Uh, did you get my note about the green card? Yes, lottery? I did. Yes, I did. We did. I did. did. Thank you very much. Uh, Alan Levine for Congress again, which is A L L A N L E V E N, our Congress guy <coughs> for Congress committee. Paid for by Alan Levine for Congress. <laughs> Approved by me. Mike Bernstein, Bernstein in Bettendorf, Iowa, $50. Paul Vella, Sir Paul to you, in Towchester, 50, and finally he beca- Stacey he, Hayden. He becomes a knight today, by the way. That was his final installment, the $50. Oh, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, 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 cool. Okay. I thought he was already a sir. I should have, yeah. In the morning, I was recently introduced to your show. This is Stacey Hayden from Denver. My smoking hot boyfriend, Derek, several months ago introduced me to the show, and while his birthday is on Tuesday, I can't resist calling him out as a douchebag. He is still a no boner, just like many of his friends. I'm able to celebrate with him this year, so please give him a birthday shout out. Do we have him on the list? Derek? Um, By Stacy? No, I'm glad we caught that. Ooh, you sounded just like uh, uh, David Caruso. I'm glad we caught that. Perfect. I'm glad we caught that. Zoom and then you have to have a punchline to there. Enhance. And Rotate. I also want to, uh, there's a girl named Haley who wants some karma for her sister uh, who's going to college. You might as well give her some. You've got karma. And uh, that it. should wrap it up. That's we didn't it. have a very big, uh, we didn't get a lot of help for the show, uh, show number four. Well, it's three. because the last show sucked, uh, apparently. Could have. Uh, we want people to remind people to go to uh, com slash NA, Dvorak.org slash NA, NoAgendaShow.com and NoAgendaNation.com. And, uh, uh, but, you know, if you haven't donated for a while, 
think about think of us when you uh, and think of listen to the stuff that you did on uh, we did on today's show was fantastic. So far, we haven't even gotten to the rest of it. Dvorak.org slash NA. There is something I'd like you to try. We got a nice note from Robert Seals, one of our producers in uh, Gitmo Nation East. And I'll read this verbatim to you because he did a little experiment. He says, in the morning, citizens, I wanted to let you guys know of an experiment I tried. I wanted to see if not listening to you would change my attitude. My brother said he stopped listening to talk radio, right-wing talk radio, and found he was happier. So I thought I'd stop listening to you guys, hoping that I would find ignorance bliss. All I managed to do was become uninformed. I found I was never not happy. I was just concerned and upset with the ways of the world. So now I'm back. I will continue to be a faithful listener. I've restarted my $5 a month subscription. Sorry, that's all I can afford right now. Take care, and I'm looking forward to the Hot Pockets 2009 tour. Um, So this is good. I think that's very good advice, and, you know, our mantra has always been, go away. <laughs> That's We find that works very well with our listeners. Go away. <laughs> Don't listen. See how you feel. I think that's a good experiment. Yeah, well, he, he learned his lesson. And uh, all we really want is just some value for value. So if you uh, would consider that, that would be highly appreciated. Uh, I, I, should, yes. I, I should mention something else just in passing. You know that guy who sends us, I don't know why I don't have his name handy, but he sends us the package of v- vegan food every so often? Yeah. You know, he said like, a, it's, a, it's a subscription thing. You get a box. Yeah, the big box, yeah. I can recommend something. Mm. I want to recommend, anyone who sees this and they go to a, like the Whole Foods or anything, it's make, it comes from Brazil. It's called Samba 99 Cupuatsu. C-U-P-U... A C U, and it is a, a protein boost with Brazil nuts. It is a some sort of a gooey a gaba goo that's got a bunch of uh, Brazil nuts in it. It's absolutely delicious. Is is it a bar? It's not really a bar. It's like a long gob of goo mm. that you can hold. It won't like get all over your hand or anything. It's so it's not really a bar. I mean, it could have been enclosed in chocolate or something. I suppose. Capucha. It's just essentially a gaba goo. But it's delicious. Not only does this exciting Brazilian fruit contain an incredibly high amount of antioxidants, it also contains many antioxidants that are found in no other fruit on earth. A pharmacy in a fruit. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. It's a pharmacy in a fruit. And a dessert topping in a floor wax all in one. Yes. All right. Very nice. Again, thank you all so much for uh, your, well, those of you who supported the show. Hopefully you'll like this episode better. We don't know what happened there, but it definitely fell off a cliff. And uh, it's disappointing, but it does happen. So um, You know, also my letter, which you liked, may have been depressing. Yeah, I don't Well, Try a happy one. Let's, let's... I'm going to do a happy letter. Hey, everybody. Everything's, <laughs> Everything's great. Nice. Everything's cool. Hey, throw some hookers out of the car. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Thompson, he congratulates himself celebrating today. Grebulon, also congratulations to you on your birthday today at 26. Ryan Lessler congratulates his friend Kurt Kubal. White Hat John says happy birthday to girlfriend Nancy today. Ryan Benson's buddy David Galloway turns 31. Stacy Hayden congratulates her 
Rock's smoking hot boyfriend, Derek, on Tuesday. And Citizen X says happy birthday to N.A. Groupie. It is also her birthday today. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. Also known as the best podcast in the universe. And we do have a couple of knights coming on board. This is great because they still get in on the night rings. Uh, which will end at the, uh, when the when the world ends at the end of this year, and uh, you know, someone actually mentioned we should try badges. Now that the TSA has, uh, they've got real badges now. Maybe we should just get everyone. If you get a badge, like a shield. Hello. And what would it say? Uh, no agenda night. Mm, yeah, it'd maybe. look like a police badge, but it would be no agenda night. And you could have well, it in a handsome... We can discuss what we've been talking and thinking about. And I was thinking of that pin that they give out in Canada. Because no one's going to wear a big old badge. No, no, you can have it in a handsome club. wallet. You can have it in a handsome leatherette wallet. You're going to get clubbed. You can't walk around with a badge. <laughs> gonna get what's this phony badge you're carrying? You're going to get clubbed. So the way things are going, you'll get arrested. Our listeners are not baby seals. They're not going to get clubbed. <laughs> get clubbed. <laughs> clubbed. All right. Let's, uh, let's uh, induct three of our knights today. If you can just grab your sword there for there a second. Go. Yeah, okay. Where is it? I don't see it. Oh, there you go. I got it. Alan Thompson, Charles Anderson, and Paul Vela step forward, gentlemen, as you are today being inducted into the exclusive club known as the Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. You have supported the program in $1,000 or an excess thereof, and that is highly appreciated in our value for value proposition. So we hereby knight thee, Sir Alan Thompson, Sir Charles Anderson, and Sir Paul Vela, Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. For you, the Bennies are here. Hookers and Blow, Red Boys and Chardonnay, if you prefer. Hookers and Blow, Wenches and Beer. It's all at the round table enjoy boy you're hamming it up more i'm doing a leo laporte enjoy well, have you ever heard him do his uh i think you can promos? do the, the, the david caruso voices when you want you need the punchline though because he like at the end he says well you know and he puts it like he says this is the end of this guy for walking this i don't know how to do it now I, I i'll write some material <laughs> for you that's what i'll do this is and the end of this guy for those lines this is the end of this guy and we'll imagine that i'm david he, caruso well, imagine David Crusoe putting the sunglasses on and hitting it with the punchline. <laughs> the boy, I'm telling you, it sounds exactly like him. And a special thanks to Alan Thompson, our sole executive producer for episode 403. Uh, if you want to support us, uh, uh, we will talk about it, um, I guess, on Sunday. Do you uh, have any, any scripts to read? No, that's all dried up. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why it's all dried up. No scripts to read. I sent the other one in. It's the first thing I do is I clip it. I send it in and the auditions have stopped coming. I don't think that they're like, it wasn't that bad. My agent is like, this guy is an a-hole. He's not taking it seriously. Something like a-hole material. No, we don't want him. No, I, I have yet to get a single gig out of that. Well, sucks. Talking, sucks balls. Sucks. Talking about a-holes. <sighs> So in the last week or so, they had a big meeting, a big conference, I guess, to promote and to uh, to talk about the future. So kind of like a clone of TED for uh, the Singularity universe, what? University. What? What is this? So, uh, is this a crackpot university? This uh, you, you don't know about the Singularity University? No, Look it up no, on Google uh, real quick. Uh, 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 Singularity University. This is a screwball school that was kind of started by Kurzweil and his theory about the singularity or even though they've changed it completely I mean it's supposed to be about robots taking over the world and now instead it's a well um, I'm against this then I'm not for this 
No, you'd, you'd be against this anyway when you hear any of these speeches. Singularity the you. You got a hot babe on the cover there. I'm interested now. Hmm. Does she attend? She's actually a guy. Oh. So, uh, no, I don't know. Shows you what I know. So you can go to their faculty and you can see who's kind of, you know, got... It's just a bunch of characters, Silicon Valley types. What do they teach? They teach... Well, they teach how we can change the world and all this kind of... Just, I don't know what they teach. They don't teach anything. Well, then maybe we can get a teaching gig if it doesn't matter what you teach. Well, that's an interesting You know what these people on this faculty list, they all look like they're consultants. Well, the guy who heads it, if you go to... uh, Dan Barry. Board of Trustees is this guy, Paul Peter Diamandis, who looks like, I don't know, and then... Ray Kurzweil is a co-founder and chancellor. Mm. So they had this big meeting, and all the douchebags from the uh, <laughs> from Silicon Valley were at this thing listening to it. It was essentially a bunch of TED Talks. I thought Ray Kurzweil looked cooler. He didn't look so cool. And what's this, has what's this with the logo? What's this with the Superman logo these guys are using? That's kind of gay. Where's that? They, look at the S. That's their, their, their Singularity, oh, the singularity University. Okay. It's interesting. There's some people here that are trustees that should know better. Oh, Malik should be on this. <laughs> so uh, fit right in. So, um, so I got a couple of clips. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with this. The first bullshit. When you get an idea about what they talked about, Bull- start okay. here. Yeah. Clip connected and exchanging ideas. It has gone up as population's gone up. It's gone up as people have concentrated in cities. You know, the coffee shop is the location where people exchange and share ideas. Now, the global coffee shop is the Internet. And the more people connected, the more innovation we have. Think about the fact that a Maasai warrior in the middle of Africa today on one of these cell phones has better mobile comm than President Reagan did 25 years ago. Oh, I so get they it. Ha- so this is it. the Diamandis character. This is, this, is a, this is a circle jerk club is what oh, this totally. is. Oh, yeah. totally. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so they show a picture of these Maasai warriors, one of them scratching their head looking at the cell phone, <laughs> and the other one talking to somebody. And they're still like, you know, they're still out in the in the desert, you know, that they probably can't get a signal. And it's like they have better connectivity, a Maasai warrior, than Reagan did when he was president. So What? It's got nothing to do with anything. So we can track it's, him with a drone and kill him. So they go on and on and on with this crap. And so so here's the kind of thing we get. Here now play Singularity University on solar. And this is this starts off with Kurzweil, who's on some he's not even there. He's in they put up what I don't know if you've ever seen these things. It's a box with a glass screen behind it and an image is projected so you can kind of see through it. It looks kinda of like a hologram, but it's not. It's mm. just a it's like a weird monitor, and he's talking. He's being interviewed by this bonehead who is uh, doing this. This is on PBS. Pessimistic. And I think the major reason that people are pessimistic is they don't realize that these technologies are growing exponentially. For example, solar energy is doubling every two years. <laughs> it's now only seven doublings from meeting 100% of the world's energy needs, and we have 10,000 times more sunlight than we need to do that. One last high-tech frontier, meat. At the moment, livestock production takes up a third of the world's ice-free land, generates nearly a fifth of the world's greenhouse gases via organic exhaust, front and rear. And eating just one serving of red meat a day, says a new Harvard study, correlates with a 12% increased risk of death. Enter in vitro meat. 
not to be confused with pink slime. We have the technology now, <laughs> it's being done in a number of labs to actually grow meat products in the laboratory, in the test tube, so to speak. And people say, oh, yeah, it's disgusting. Have you ever seen how chicken McNuggets are made? But an in vitro hamburger doesn't sound like it would be good for you. Well, actually, these kinds of new food products will be far better for you <laughs> because they'll have the, the best proteins, the best fats, the nutrients built in. It'll taste like a hamburger? It'll taste better than a hamburger. By this time, we were sufficiently wowed, if not downright overwhelmed. But keeping our journalists... Okay. So let me... Can, yeah, I, can, I, can, I, can I respond to this? Well... Before you respond to it, I want to make a couple a couple observations, and you can respond. One, if it's according to Kurzweil, who was the first speaker, the second speaker was Diamandis. The solar power is or solar collect, collection is doubling every two years, and in seven year seven more cycles, which would be in fourteen years, we'll be able to power the entire globe That's with right. solar. What bull crap! <laughs> The second thing is you do, I mean, this, this thing about the meat, we don't even know how nutrition works anyway, but somehow we're going to make this perfect burger that tastes better. How does he know? When has this been a product that he's had? Anyway, go on. What's your, you know. Well, so, I, the, so these people are the peons. They are the pawns of the Illuminati New World Order. Uh, they're too dumb. They're t really, they are stupid people. Uh, I don't I don't know many of them. Kurzweil, of course, I know. And he has a lot of groupies. Uh, they are. It is a big circle jerk. They all go there to get gigs from each other. They're all consultants. But in the meantime, they're they're spreading incredibly dangerous ideas about integrating it in with technology uh, to eating in vitro meat. What the hell does that even mean? These are dangerous people, and this organization should be shut down. In fact, I'm not gonna, it should know, be firebombed. It should be firebombed. Founding partners, Autodesk, Cisco, oh, Google, yeah. it's just, Eat it, Planet Ventures, yeah. Nokia, this is, Kaufman. It's a Genentech. drinking club. It's a drinking club, like you would say, except I call it a circle jerk. Because I actually believe it's a circle that jerk drinking club. There's all, hey, reach around, will you? Oh, yeah. Cool. All right, Ray. You got another one of these? No, the other one was just actually you is played it more about the, the end meat? of that first one. I, all I'm just saying is this: something people should keep an eye on because it's a very. It's just a, I think it's sick. Don't don't buy into it. Whatever you do, hey, and did, all these guys are smiling all the time. I did a lot of work, uh, and I couldn't avoid it on uh, vaccines. Uh, it started with uh, Baroness uh, Maggie. She sent me a great document. Wow, I had, I had no idea this document existed. It's in the show notes, 403.nashownotes.com. This is uh, the 2012 report from the FRMA, the, the PRMA or the PHRMA. This is the uh, America's Biopharmaceutical Research Companies. Medicines in development, vaccines. Would you like the highlights? Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Nearly 300 vaccines are in development currently. 300 vaccines. For what? Well, I'm glad you asked, John. Uh, these findings illustrate the major contribution that vaccines have made in saving countless lives around the world. In the past several years, many successful new vaccines have been developed, including one against human papillomavirus, HPV infections. 
that can lead to cervical cancer, one to guard against pre-exposure to anthrax virus, and a vaccine to prevent pneumococcal infections, that's pneumonia, I guess, in high-risk populations. But vaccines are not only for preventing infectious diseases. No, in 2010, a new cancer vaccine for the treatment of prostate cancer was approved in the United States, and many more are in development. So they even are saying that vaccinations that aren't vaccines but are treatment for certain types of cancer, which last time I checked, I don't think was a virus that you can catch out of the air or, you know, don't go visit the cancer patient because you might catch the, you know, unless you're inoculated. So even they're calling that vaccines. I'll just run down a little list here. Uh, We have uh, Greer Laboratories developing a cat allergy vaccine. We have uh, Allertine Therapeutics developing a peanut allergy vaccine. Oh, here's a good one, John. In case you have ragweed allergy, there's a vaccine coming out for ragweed. We got a lot of cancer, gene therapy, breast cancer. It's all going to save you, by the way. You should take these shots because you will never get cancer again. Uh, What is this one? Pancreatic cancer. Oh, damn. Steve Jobs just missed the vaccine. I can't believe it. That's such a shame. We'll scroll down here. I I highlighted a few more. Uh, Oh, this is from Crucell in Leiden, the Netherlands. Uh, AIDS, prevention of HIV infection. Just take the shot. Have all the anal sex you want. No problem. With lots of HIV vaccines. Vaccines, herpes simplex, anthrax. Yes, all vaccines against all these horrible, horrible, horrible things you can catch. Uh, Influenza A virus, uh, the staph infection. Um, which I think you can actually catch. Yep. Uh, smallpox vaccine. I thought we had a smallpox vaccine. Why do we have to have a new one? <clears throat> I don't know. What's wrong with the old one? Uh, apparently not. Uh, maybe it's out of patent. They've changed it somewhat. Go down a little bit here. Ricin. Isn't what is ricin? Ricin. R i c i n. It's a, ricin is the poison that's in the castor bean. Well, it's there's a poison. Well, the, there's not a, va- a disease. There's a vaccine against ricin poisoning. <laughs> yeah, it says prevention of ricin poisoning right here. That's a it's vaccine. Not a vaccine. That's a, yes, it is. It's right here in their own documentation. It's, an, it's called antidote. No, it's a vaccine. And look at this one. We have Janssen Immunotherapy, Afris, and Bay Hill Therapeutics, all with Alzheimer's disease vaccines vaccines i'd like to remind you and then of course we have the nick vax which is now in phase two that's for smoking cessation we have uh celtic pharma with the cocaine abuse uh, vaccine it's just it's a bonanza of beautiful vaccines now i caught something the other day which shows you the marketing and how horrible this really is are you familiar with adam levine Do you know Adam Levine? The name's very familiar. Okay. Adam Levine is a judge on The Voice. Oh, right, that guy. He's from Maroon 5, which is uh, even lamer than those guys Green Day that you like. And (laughs) I've always... And and, and uh, Miss Mickey and I watch this show. We watch two shows a week. It's our big TV night. We watch The Voice on Monday, followed by Smash, which is still a great show. And... What?! Yeah, it's a great show. It's not a great show. It's a great show. So, um, and I've always looked at this guy, and he can't talk. He's always, uh, 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 and, he's, and, and Carson Daly was the host. 
He's always trying to hurry him along in these live shows, and he, he can't talk. He, and he looks, I've always thought he looked incredibly stoned. And then I come across this little commercial. I wondered why I couldn't organize my thoughts. It was my ADHD, and like many kids with ADHD, I didn't outgrow it. I remember very distinctly not being able to focus, so that was right around the time when I actually saw a doctor. If you were diagnosed with ADHD as a kid, you might still have it. Take a quiz at ownyouradhd.com to recognize your symptoms, then talk with your doctor. Looking into it is really important. It's your ADHD. Own it. Own it! Own it! Be a part of the Own It Project. So there's this contest. The Own It Project? Yes, ownitproject.com. The mission of the Own It Project is simple, to encourage young adults and adults 18 plus to take responsibility for their ADHD, to own it. Want a chance to be part of the Own It Project? If you're an adult with ADHD, create a video that shows how you're owning it. And enter for a chance to win here. If your story is chosen, you could win a prize package. And the opportunity to help encourage others to own their ADHD. It's your ADHD. Own it. Sponsored by Shire. Oh, who is Shire? Let me see. Shire. Let's look at their product list. S-H-I-R-E? Oh, yeah. You can find it at Shire PLC. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Shire.com. Shire makes Adderall, Agrilin, Allertech, Carbitrol, Dermagraft, Vivans, Promatine, Tensa, Mintech, Mydon. These are ludicrous. These are the drug guys telling you that you need to take drugs. <laughs> and, and wait, 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 wait. Hey, wait. wait a minute. Why would drug guys do that? Because they're drug dealers. But however, John... They are working, they work in close uh, cooperation with Everyday Health. EverydayHealth.com. Own your ADHD. Let's take the adult ADHD screening contest. Test, I'm sorry. Are you ready to take the quiz? It's only six questions to find out if you have ADHD. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. Okay. How often do you have trouble wrapping up the final details of a project once the challenging parts have been done? You can choose from never, rarely, oops. Sometimes, often, or very often? Very often. Very often. Okay, click. Next. <clears throat> How often do you have difficulty getting things in order when you have to do a task that requires organization? <clears throat> Same thing? Well, it's never, rarely, sometimes, often, or very often. Very often. Very often. Okay. I need to clean my office. What can I say? How often do you have problems remembering appointments or obligations? That's why I use a calendar. Now, how often do you have problems remembering appointments? Often. Often. Okay. Why should I remember any of those things? I need to write it down. When you have a task that requires a lot of thought, how often do you avoid or delay getting started? Back to the office. <laughs> Very often. I'll answer that one for you. Very often. Well, actually, no. I'd say often. Often. Okay. I'll do often then. How often do you fidget or squirm with your hands or feet when you have to sit down for a long time? Yeah, that's pretty neutral. So rarely or sometimes? Rarely. Rarely. And finally, how often do you feel overly active and compelled to do things like you were driven by a motor? Rarely. <laughs> Let's <laughs> Oh, you scored a total of 21. ADHD may be likely, John C. Dvorak. Oh, 
I got to take drugs. <laughs> Based on your responses to this adult ADHD screening quiz, you may or may not have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. People who have answered similarly to you sometimes qualify for a diagnosis of ADHD or ADD and have sought professional treatment for this disorder. You should not take this diagnosis of a disorder or recommendation of treatment. However, if you would be available to likely benefits further diagnosis from physicians trained to mental health professionals to rule out a possible attention deficit disorder. You're good to go. I think you should consult your physician. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so, so, um, I would just like to now, uh, since we brought this topic up and since I told everyone I took the, uh, the ADHD, uh, medicine. Oh, that's I, right. You took it uh, as an experiment and you thought it was the worst thing in the world. Yeah. It, it you tri- took a, it a, a, a me hit out. of Ritalin. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they're not knocking on your door and arresting you. But it go on. tripped me out. So here's what I would recommend. And there's a great uh, television show from the UK, which, of course, is totally meant to make Americans look like idiots, even though they prescribe these drugs just as frequently in the United Kingdom. I know. Um, which I'll put in the show notes. The guy goes and lives with the family and the, all the kids, the dogs even on, on antidepressants. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's a hilarious show. Um, if the doctor recommends, and by the way, I see these kids on this TV show and they're like kids. Like, take a shower. No, I don't want to take a shower. Take a shower. I don't feel like taking a shower. I hate you, mommy. That's what kids do. No, no, no. Get the kid on drugs. And the doctors, they're like, he's doing very well with his, uh, uh, what is it, uh, authority. Uh, uh, what's the Authority OD- issues. No, his, uh, what's the ODD? That's the. Uh, I don't know. Ob- uh, obstinance defiance disorder or whatever. Um, yeah, defiance disorder. Defiance yeah. disorder. No. If you are going. <laughs> yeah. If you're, if you're going to give that to your kids, I recommend before you give the kid that first pill, take it yourself. Take the Ritalin, take the Adderall, wait for an hour or so until it kicks in and see, because you as an adult, you will know, how, unless you're already drugged up, you will know what your brain does. And this is what I, what I witnessed. And so I know when I'm high on something, I know that, okay, this feels different. You know, and, and this is the difference that it is. And do I like this high or not? And imagine your kid feeling like that when he's three, three years old. And then when you decide not to give it to your kid, which you will, sell it to the teenager next door and make a profit. That's my, <laughs> <laughs> that's my advice. Because I have to say, if you're looking for a high... In other words, get the prescription anyway. <laughs> get the prescription. Don't give it to your kids. Sell it to the teenagers who know what it's doing and want to get high. Now, on the vaccine front, we've got yeah, another. Getting a knock in there. It's a good thing you're in Austin. We've got another campaign underway. This is a good one. Here has come with the territory in most pediatricians' offices where kids have a strict vaccine schedule to follow. <laughs> okay. But you won't find stickers and lollipops at your general practitioner's office. I think we do a much better job immunizing children in this country than adults. A new survey by Walgreens finds nearly half of American adults are unaware of government-recommended vaccines for their age group. So it really is an issue, I would say, of awareness and also access to uh, a healthcare professional who can help educate you. Most of us know about yearly flu shots, but experts say all adults over age 65 should get the pneumonia vaccine. One shot should last the rest of your life. Feel a little prick. Those itchy chicken pox you had as a kid can rear their ugly little heads again now that you're an adult in the form of an extremely painful condition called shingles. There are a million cases a year of shingles, and it's not just a rash. It's a very painful rash that can be debilitating. But studies show a Zostavax booster shot can cut the chance chances of developing shingles by half, or at least reduce the severity of the disease. 
Doctors say the number one reason we're seeing an increase in whooping cough cases in children is because their parents haven't gotten their pertussis booster shot. It's added to the diphtheria and tetanus shot that's recommended every 10 years. These diseases are not rare diseases that you won't encounter. They will hit home. Doctors say the best way to protect yourself and your family is to roll up your sleeve. Erica Edwards, NBC News. That's NBC News with a commercial for Walgreens and yeah, all the no, products they sell. Commercial. This is pathetic. This is the this is your news media. This is why people should be donating to the show more. Anyway, the uh, this this line in there really bothers me, which was the which was the line. It will eliminate or reduce the severity. Yes. Now, does this stuff work or not? In well, other words, you get this shot for shingles and you get shingles. And then no matter what form of shingles you get, because the shot didn't apparently work at all, you can say, well, you know, it would have been worse. But you don't know that. So this this is goes- it doesn't do anything. And if you don't Correct. get shingles, you don't get shingles. You get shingles, you get shingles. And because the shot didn't do anything, but you can make the claim without reduce the severity. How do you know it reduced the severity? So this is uh, this goes right back to the previous episode where we talked about uh, kids who have been inoculated against whooping cough, the pertussis vaccine. The majority of them get the whooping cough and then but they get it because they didn't get their booster shot. No, they're getting it because you're injecting your kid with the actual virus and it's not working. This is all, and I'll wrap it up here because it just freaks me out how, you know, my goodness, the drug dealing, the drug dealing that's going on is just outrageous. Apparently, so I don't have proof of this, but apparently a lot of the polio vaccines are not working. And what they've done is they have renamed polio to this is how Guillain-Barr syndrome came into light. And, and what I'm understanding is that uh, the polio vaccines are not working in, in large amounts of cases and the symptoms that people are getting so they don't freak people out and say, well, these polio vaccines don't work, that they just change the name of the disease and say, oh, well, you've got Guillain-Barre syndrome. And that will kind of explain why people get that when they get their polio shot. So I'm not the sure. The polio shot used to work. What changed? Well, I don't, for the same reason, they have to make a new smallpox. I think they're just throwing crap together and uh, calling it something and shooting you up and charging you 400 bucks. And, and let me just say, here's how it works with the HPV. I've noticed this twice now. With, and I'll, I, I will have to say with both uh, w- with women in my life, let me put it that way. You go for a pap smear, which is a good thing to do. You go for the pap smear. The doctor calls you up. Smear, not schmear. Schmear is what you put on a bagel. That's exactly what it looks like. Pap schmear. And you go to the, for a pap schmear. I love the way that sounds. And the doctor calls you up and says, oh, yeah, well, you know, this is not really good. The results came back and we're not quite sure. Uh, we think we have, we have to do a biopsy, which is freaks you out because, and I've heard this from multiple women in my life. And so then you have to go do a biopsy, which is unpleasant. It's, 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 it's not a horrible, horrible thing. But, and I, and I, as a man, I can't imagine it, um, but it's, it's unpleasant. And they snip a little thing away and they send it off to the lab. Then you're, you're freaking out for 10 days. Then the lab comes back and is it, well, would you please come to the office so we can talk it over? So you're shitting yourself now as a woman. You are this poop coming out of you. You're like, oh my God, I have cancer. And they sit you down and say, well, you know what? It turned out it's uh, it's okay. 
Um, you, it said, you know, we had two results and one said maybe and the other said no. And it turns out you're OK. However, you probably should get the HPV vaccine just to make sure this is what it's going on. This is how it's being played. And I want you to email me because I guarantee you this is the sales cycle and they're doing it everywhere in America. And it's terrorizing women and it's getting them to buy very expensive vaccines that don't work. And I spit on you, pharma industry. Yeah, well, how much does it cost for an HPV series? $400. How many do you have to get? Two. It's two shots of $400. So it's two shots, so it's, it's 200 bucks. It's, so it's $400 no, it's 400 for a each. shot? 400 each. What? Yes, 400 so you have to spend each. $800. No wonder they're pushing this. They're taking a piece of the action. Duh. And this is how it works, and I've seen it happen three times. There's no reason for it to be that expensive, but... Obviously, it's that expensive, so you can make some quick money. Yeah, unless you're gouging. Please, I would like you to send, I, I guarantee you, I'll get 100 emails of people saying, wow, that's exactly what happened to my wife, my daughter, my sister, my mom, whatever. Yeah, well, there's probably a few doctors out there that aren't trying to screw their customers. No, I don't think so. My doctor's pretty good. Yeah, he, you, he, you sound he's real very healthy. Good at not, he doesn't want. He thinks vaccine. He thinks the country's overvaccinated. Of course, there are good doctors. Of course, there are, and there's good bankers and good lawyers. There's good everything, but in general, no, no. It's set up and it's rude. Yeah, well, it's, it's a money making business. You can tell when you walk in the place if it's a scam or it's not. Destroying people. Well, to to to, to lighten things up, <laughs> please. I think we should review just something we've never had a clip of. Oh. And I think it's something we should revisit because people that listen to our show there, especially overseas, they've never seen a lot of the types of early reality television was not what you see today. But early reality television still does exist in the form of, well, one of the earliest, Maury Povich. This is a classic clip. For, I haven't seen Maury Povich for years. And I said, I can, I bet you I can get a clip from this. And it's just everything he does is exa- is this essentially. Now, this is really, really a strange story because Catherine sits here being accused by the love of her life, Chris, of having an affair with a married man. Chris suspects the married man may be the father of their two daughters, one-year-old Lee Asia, nine-month-old Kai Asia. The married man she's supposed to have an affair with is Chris's own 55-year-old father. <laughs> when I first heard the rumors about me sleeping with Chris's father, I was disgusted. I would never ruin my reputation like that. Hell no. Hell no. Is that he's not just denying one of my daughters, he's denying both of them. I have done nothing but love Chris and be there for him. Even though he cheated on me and put me on the back burner. Been there for me and my girls. He treats me like I'm his own daughter. Even though Tony was helping me, it does not mean he was sleeping with me. So Catherine took a lie detector test too. So we're going to find out those. Yeah. So I've never heard a round of applause for lie detector test. Can I play you a clip from the Maury Povich show? Play for the spunk of Josh and the uh, amazing talent of uh, Benig. We're talking about the next generation of kids breaking into the music business. And just like Josh and Benig, my next guest also started young. By age 15, MTV VJ Adam Curry was hosting rock and roll radio 
in Amsterdam, of all places. Today, he's the host of the hottest show on MTV, the Top 20 Countdown. Please welcome Adam Curry. And here he is, screwing his wife's sister! Woo! I was on the Maury Povich show, man. That was before he turned into this character. <laughs> I know, that does this. I know, I know, I know. But the funny thing is that that's an old clip. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's weird you have it at the ready. Well, I just but, Googled it. Oh, that's an old clip, but his voice is not, he's got the, that voice. The Maury Povich's voice is extremely identifiable and it has not changed an octave. An octave wouldn't change no. an octave. And he's still married to, note. to Connie Chunk. So anyway, that's a kind of what TV, Maury Povich turned into a kind of a straight up kind of a talk show journalist. Which is during when he well the original the original guy was the original guy was the original original guy was Morton Downey Jr. He, well, you you're you're passing up Wally, Wally George. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, I don't know the Wallys. <laughs> and actually, there's a guy that predates them all, and I'm trying to think of his name. He was extremely popular, uh, a square-headed guy. He was he was the, I think I think he was the original. Morton Downey Jr. came in this. A second generation character of this of this ilk, and uh, the, and he was a, said so in, himself in his bio before he died that they would st- stoke him up on on uh, meth, who was and, that uh, Benzedrine before he went out there, and so he was all pumped up and uh, out of his mind, and it was extreme. I have to say it was extremely entertaining. Good, I like that. Very cool. But uh, yeah, Maury Povich evolved into uh, this kind of, um, I don't know what, I don't even know what kind of a show that is. It's All just right. Well, so that was incredibly movie. uplifting, John. Thank you so much. Can I bum I you out now? Be. Can I just bum you out now? Um, the, you always do. Yes. On Tuesday, we continued in the Senate with investigations about the MF Global scandal. And a reminder, John Corzine, who has uh, bundled over $500,000 for President Obama, who just seems to be on vacation somewhere. We have no idea where he is. Uh, he's uh, hanging out. The people uh, who are currently were working at the bank, the failed bank where they stole customer money, are getting bonuses. And uh, we are investigating. Let's listen in on Tuesday's Senate hearing about the investigation, the opening by the chairman of the committee. I'll call this hearing to order. Today's hearing will examine the lessons learned from the collapse of the MF Global, the misuse of customer accounts by one of the world's largest commodities and derivatives brokers has shaken confidence in our markets and deserves a thoughtful discussion of how to better protect farmers, ranchers, and investors going forward. So instead of this guy? Uh, I forget his name. Oh, he sounds like this must have taken place after lunch. He sounds like he's had eight martinis or he's had a stroke. He has a a speech impediment, and I can uh, bring up the page and tell tell you who it was. But the thing that I noticed is we're not looking at... Sending anybody to jail. And I was like, what have we learned from this? Are you kidding me? What have we learned from this? Because, you know, we have to figure out how it doesn't happen again. No, no, no. I want to figure out who the a-hole. We know who it is. We know it's John Corzine. We know Joe Biden and Barack Obama blow the guy on stage because he raised so much money for them. Former Goldman Sachs banker. Uh, nothing. Oh, we just move right along. Don't worry. Eric Holder's looking into it. Luckily, at least we have one question. One question uh, to uh, Mr. Free, F-R-E-E-H. He is the um, 
the assessor in the case. So he is uh, uh, guiding the bankruptcy and the proceedings on behalf of MF Global. He also happens to be the former director of the FBI. Yeah, Louis Free. Listen to him. MF Global. Let me ask you this. Would uh, have Has it been part of your effort and review to determine who, what individuals, at what level, I'm trying to think of here structure more than uh, any individual, but what, what individuals created the set of decisions that created the challenge that we have? Yes, Senator. I mean, that's um, the subject both of uh, my investigation and uh, Mr. Giddens. We're looking to determine the available causes of action, including uh, fraud, lack of um, fiduciary responsibility. I love the word fiduciary because it has the word douche in there. I think that's great. And uh, where are you in that investigation at this point? We're, we're just beginning it, sir. Just <laughs> what? You're just beginning? It's been six months. You're just beginning. Beginning it. So you cannot identify at this point the responsible parties? I could not uh, <laughs> do that fairly at this point. No, 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 no. Because I'm an FBI guy. This is... I have no words for this. I'll tell you, there's an interesting thing about this character, uh, Free. I don't know know why he did this, but in 2009, he became an Italian citizen. Oh, really? I didn't know that. (laughs) That's pretty good. Why would an American director of the FBI decide to become an Italian citizen. Is there an extradition treaty between Italy and America? Well, I don't know. Maybe there's something screwy going on. I would say there's probably no extradition He wouldn't extradition be too popular necessarily in Italy because he was the guy behind the Pizza Connection investigation. He was lead prosecutor, mm. which was a drug trafficking operation in the United States that used pizza parlors. Mm. But uh, mm. he also was behind mm. the Waco thing, as far as I can tell. Uh, let me see. Is there an extradition treaty? Extradition Treaty U.S. Italy. Come on, Book of Knowledge. Uh, yeah, we have Italy. So that can't be it. Some other reason, obviously. Probably just a tax dodge. Must be. Because no one pays uh, taxes over there in, uh, in Italy. That's why they can't use cash anymore. No more cash. Ah, oh, the Dutch bank. They're doing this campaign. It's on TV all over the place. Uh, I think it's for ABN AMRO, I think it is. Um, not to use cash anymore and how handy and cool your card is. And they got these two old bags and they're like buying pizzas and ordering hookers and buying little tiny Gitmo cars and it's all on the card and how cool. And they're like a comedy duo, only not funny. It's really, uh, they're really, really going for it. Yeah, they don't want, uh, they, you, it's easier to confiscate money if you don't actually well, have any money. It's not only that. If, if you understand how uh, the banking system works, as long as you never actually have to poop out uh, euros or dollars or anything like that, then the money really never exists. It's just in the central banking system, and it's just, you know, checks and balances left and right, and so you don't actually have the money. If if it never becomes even the fiat paper money, which is questionable if that's money, um, and, you know, and, and sits in the bank, it's just worth more, and they just spin it around and around, uh, which is, I think, what Europe needs right now, uh, because they can't have people hoarding cash. They need to have all this 
these numbers to give to the banks so the banks can then go and buy, you know, the bankers can buy boats and yachts and and Greek uh, islands and, uh, and, uh, and oil companies and gas companies. And Haiku Herman actually spelled it out. Listen to his math. This is Haiku talking about the European Investment Bank. And he's basically saying, uh, watch what we do. We should have this system. You put a dime in and you get a buck 80 out. Listen to how he does the math. To fill financing voids left by the markets, the European Union also has its own investment bank, the European Investment Bank. So he's literally saying to fill the void that we have, so to pay off bankers, we have our own European Investment Bank. Let's see how it works, Haiku. The biggest multilateral bank in the world. People tend to forget this. I forget this much. It isn't very well known by the wider public, although I suppose many of you do know it. Well, which, Euro- which one is it? The European Investment Bank lends directly to the larger ones of you. Oh. And helps banks provide loans to smaller business. It was a partner in developing important infrastructure projects, projects. such as windmill, windmills, windmills and solar power stations. Hmm. And during the crisis, when banks took fright and the market retreated, the European Investment Bank substantially upped its game, ensuring that crucial projects <laughs> continue to receive the necessary financing. All right. Today... Without new capital, the bank would soon be forced to scale down the actions. Certainly, new capital means calling upon European governments and taxpayers. Okay, so he's saying European governments, i.e. taxpayers, you have to put money into this bank and here's how it works. Yet there is a convincing case to be made. Shouldn't we therefore examine how the EIB can expand the role there where it is most needed. I think we should. With 10 billion increase in the capital, we could expand the bank's overall lending capacity to 60 billion of new loans in the next three years to support new investments up to 180 billion euros. (laughs) Such support is essential for countries and companies to be able to grow themselves out of the crisis. So you put ten billion in, it turns into sixty billion magically through the fractional banking system. Over three years is one hundred and eighty billion. I, this is a great system. It's like the T one lines they used to sell back in the day. Remember? <laughs> yeah. You get a fractional T one. Fractional T one. Sell it as a T one. Right. And you say, well, you, then you're getting this, you know, one real megabit, uh, supposedly. Yes. But it was always shared. Yeah. By like 20 guys. Fractional well, T1. My T1. So, but that's, that's, he, it's crazy. It's like, so you taxpayers. It's a shell game is the word. Yeah, well, it's the, if you know how the system works, which is, it's a mind meld, really. You know, it's just, they, if you put 10 billion in, so you slaves give us $10 billion, thanks for working. We turn that into 60. Over three years, it's 180, and we give that to the bankers. We can bail them out of their bad investments in your well, roads you I don't use. I think your th- thesis that, you know, to go, go totally cashless would allow this to really propagate to an extreme. But you have to get there before the whole thing collapses. And there's only one country that's bit, which is your Holland, who are the first suckers to go cashless. 
in to, unless you can get the entire population of the EU to go 100% cashless. But they're doing that this, with laws. The house of cards is going to fall apart. They've only got a year or two to do this. Yeah, but they're all, this, is why, this is why they have all the laws. Italy, Spain, uh, I think Greece as well. You can, you know, cash cash transactions illegal over two and a half thousand euros. Um, by the way, Gitmo Nation Netherlands cabinet did fall. I don't know if you if yeah, you no, heard no. it. Did you hear the sound? Yeah, I was uh, no. I don't think the media picked it up. So they will have uh, snap elections on September twelfth. Snap an election. I don't understand why it's a snap election if it's going to take six months. Uh, that'll be very interesting to see. Certainly, certainly in light of the fact that Amnesty International, Amnesty International has now come out and said. Netherlands, you discriminate against Muslims. <laughs> Whole big report. Of course, the uh, Amnesty International is not only run by a former um, United States uh, uh, State Department uh, shill, but it is financed by a USAID and the USAID and the and the State Department. And here it is. European countries are discriminating against Muslims for demonstrating their faith, especially in fields of education and employment. This is what Amnesty Rights Group Amnesty International said Tuesday. In a report focusing on Belgium, France, the Netherlands, Spain, and Switzerland, Amnesty urged European governments to do more to challenge negative stereotypes and prejudices against Islam. The report was particularly critical of countries that have brought in outright bans on face covering veils on the and on the wearing of religious symbols in schools. Rather than countering these prejudices, political parties and official politi- public officials are all too often pandering to them in their quest for votes. So bad on you, bad. What's Amnesty International got to do with any of that? I it's- thought they were about. Human rights, human rights, human rights, human ah, rights, no fly zone over Holland. They're hurting the Muslims. Ah, well, it'd be very interesting to watch this election with Geert Wilders and, and how that rolls, you know? It'd be very, very interesting. Uh, and I think that's about all I've got. I'd, oh, yeah. Um, projected price of a pack of smokes in New Zealand in the next five to ten years, about $70. <laughs> Actually, eight years. Yeah, five to eight years. $70, that is the goal. Uh, as they want New Zealand, the whole island has to be smoke-free. The whole island. Just the whole island smoke-free. Why? I don't know, the sheep are complaining. I don't think the sheep complain Well, the reason much. why is if you take away the obvious, like, oh, this is so bad, you shouldn't be smoking, then, you know, you can take away anything. What will it be next? That's what you got to ask yourself. What will it be next? Uh, Ms. Mickey and I took a little trip uh, on Monday, an overnight trip, and we had to fly. And uh, we had to opt out on both ends. Yeah. So there's a new script. Oh, there's a new script? There's a new script. Uh, The first thing when you say I'd like to opt out is, you know this is not an x-ray machine, right? I'm like, I know exactly what that machine is. And the next thing they say is, all right, stand over here. It's going to take a while. This is the new script. I got it on both ends of the trip, two different cities. Exactly the same. Uh, it's going to take a while? It's going to take a while. Same thing. Why is it going to take a while? Because you're a pain in the ass. Oh, that's the reason. Because they're, they're you know, patting people down constantly. 
whether they go through the machine or not. And the funny thing is, it didn't take a while. They just say that. Yeah, they're just it's part of the script. Well, they don't want you standing there too long. And uh, when so the the Austin guy, he was uh, he was very nervous, and he has to run through the whole script, including giving me the option to uh, have a private uh, screening. And yeah, he, they always say that. And he forgot that. Because when he was reading the script about, you know, how I'm going to hit you with the you know, back of the hand, pat, you know, inside, blah, 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 I'll tell you sensitive area, resistance, whatever. I was looking at him with a laser, laser beam in my eyes, and he started to sweat. I almost felt bad for the guy. And then, and, and then as he moves in, he says, oh, and, uh, uh, and do you want a private screening? I said, no, I want you to do it here in public. <laughs> I really... I've been waiting for you to get into my waistband. Come on, you TSA baby. So that's the new script. Be on the lookout for that. But the, but mm-hmm. when they say it'll take a while, it doesn't really take a while. They just say it. It'll take a while. It'll take a while. It'll be a while. You. Wish we had some TSA people that could send us some of these scripts, listeners. Um. Yeah. If we had a new script, that would be nice to have. That would be. Well, maybe. The, I mean, I'm sure someone can send us something. Well, maybe. But uh, I, and I'll give you one other tip. A happy tip just to end it all off. Because of the new procedures, uh, you know that now um, we're going to have these machines that check your ID against your ticket. Right? Yeah. So they've overlooked a very important thing. Now, this is only for no agenda listeners in the United States of Gitmo Nation. This is a big one for you. It's a big, big, big tip. So because they have now stepped up this checking the ID against the name on the ticket, and they're going to have machines for it, they're so focused on it that you can walk right into the first-class line, which is no wait, because they don't check if you have a first-class ticket. So we, you know, we were on Southwest. And we just walk right into the first class line and no one checks it. And all the other stupid sheep are standing there in the, in the roundabout in a little hamster uh, hamster maze. We just walk right in. Yeah, that's funny. Because they don't check it anymore. Because they used to have like some kind of uh, airline official checking to see if you have a first class ticket. So that's now gone because it's now these morons who work at the TSA. And they're not checking for that. Yeah, they're, they're just like, how do I turn on the blue light? <laughs> right, they're not, yeah, they yeah they wouldn't. They're, all they care about is matching these two things and putting a little mark, a meaningless scribble on the, on the boarding pass. So if you take all things into consideration, the best part of flying first class is not having to wait 45 minutes to go through the humiliation tunnel of the TSA. So I think that this program has just given you a free upgrade, and that is certainly worth a donation to the program. There you go. That's value for value right there. There's no two ways about it. It's a fact. And we'll see if the show sucked or not. Well, I don't know. We need some. We need more help than we got in this show. It was very light, very light. Two new shows on noagendastream.com tonight. Chattering Geeks podcast, 4 p.m. Eastern. And Betty Everything at 7 p.m. live. Uh, that's 9.30. What is it? Oh, 7, 
7 p.m. Eastern, live tonight at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. We have Bear Crawling live with Charles McFall with special guest Gitmo Slave. There you go. So that's two new shows, three shows in total. Just keep the, don't leave noagendastream.com. That's what I'd say. Do donate to the program and support the work that we're doing. Because it's all we got. Coming to you from the capital of the Drone Star State, hosting Congressman and Presidential mm, hopeful Ron Paul. Austin, Texas in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it's not only stopped raining, but it's nice and sunny. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back Sunday right here on No Agenda. Dvorak dot org slash n a